Hello, fellow homebrewers. JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brew Built X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brew Built Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full two inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brew Built line of options and add ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brew Built X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brew Built Conicals. You can trust Brew Built with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brew Built at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source, only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Today's the five keg show. There are literally five kegs on my back patio. We had ourselves a celebration, Doc. Yes, we did. A little birthday party on Friday night here, and good brewers brought us a lot of beer and uh, didn't all get drank that night, so uh, there's still five varieties of beer on our back patio. That's such a sweet thing. Yeah. Five's a good number. Not four, not when it three. Com- when it comes to kegs, five is a great number. All right, uh, we're 0 for 2 this month on, nice. uh, on guests. That's <laughs> what's happened. Flaky beer people. Yeah. No show? 0 for 2. We had See a, anybody in that chair, Danielle? We got a no call, no show today. Could uh, be late. I, I think, think if he's, if he's that, you know, crazy. Is then uh, he might just show up. He might. Yeah, he might. Crazy Dave has not phoned or shown up or, or anything for an address else. or anything. I think I jinxed us with the new newsletter because the newsletter allows us to uh, notify everybody well in advance of, of what's happening and who our guests are going to be. So they know like a month in advance because I put all the guests in the newsletter. They need a disclaimer then. Yeah, because I totally jinxed, I jinxed us. So I gotta put a disclaimer. Yes, our uh, Hoptown Crazy Dave show. Uh, no Crazy Dave. That's just how crazy he That's is. That's just crazy. And uh, he's a no-show. So what we're gonna do for you today is uh, we're gonna talk about fermentation. Uh, it's always a good topic for us here, and you can always get lots of good information uh, out of Dr. Scott. And the reason we chose fermentation. It was a part of what we were going to talk about anyway, and uh, there's some some new findings going around, some some things that we want to talk about having to do with aerating wort and temperatures of wort and lag times and things like that. So we want to talk about uh, all of that. So so fear not, even without Crazy Dave, Doctor Scott's got a, a a lot of information that we're gonna gonna bleed out of his brain 
uh, today about fermentation. Get it early. You want to pay attention. Well, get it early because there's five kegs out there. Yeah, (laughs) send in your uh, questions early on because it's all fun after that. Uh, 888-401-BEER is our phone number here. And you can call us with any of your questions about fermentation, yeast, and uh, temperatures, aeration, all of that sort of thing. We had some interesting things happen with uh, Daniela's brew that's going to help us talk about aeration. Absolutely. Some good conversations with uh, Chris White came to the birthday party. Chris and Mike White both came, and that was a lot of fun uh, with them. And uh, we started talking about uh, different parts of aeration with them, too, and which gave us some great ideas for this show. So any questions you have on those topics, get them ready. Of course, you can join Daniela in the chat room, and uh, she'll take your questions there. You can just call us, 888-401-BEER, or you can Skype us. We're uh, the Brewing Network on the on the Skype deal, or Brewing Network or something Skype's like that. Skype's so cool. Skype's fun. Brewing Network. Skype's good. Is that it's just plain it's Brewing just Network? It's just Brewing Network and location is Pacheco. All right. So Brewing Network, you can get us there. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, there's a lot more than just inaccurate uh, show schedules. <laughs> Much more stuff. <laughs> Within that newsletter. So uh, sign up for it now. The new one will be coming out in uh, well, a little over a week, I think. comes out at the beginning of every month, so you're going to want to get on that list if you haven't already. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that you do that. Some weird stuff happened in our forum this week, Doc. Yes. Yes, there was. I, uh, I hit on a few things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw it, and I, I don't really know what to make of it, but one of our users... By the way, yet another reason just to uh, go and check out our forum if you're not there yet, because uh, there's a lot of people on there, and uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of weird people on there. I totally... I listen to every single lunch meet. I have no idea what this person is talking about. Yeah, I don't know either. Um... Let's get him to call in and uh, clarify the whole dang thing. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, out of the sudden, there was this guy posting all over the place and posting weird, weird things. He's probably uh, drinking beer. <laughs> well, no, it was like even more weird than just drinking. You know, it was really. He's probably weird. drinking a lot of beer. Yeah, uh, here's what happened. So uh, some post get gets made, and it's a it's a religious post. And uh, so, were you bummed about the whole thing that it was? What it was, or just because it was in the wrong spot? I only care that it was in the wrong spot. <laughs> I do not discriminate, and so I have always said I could give a shit what you guys post in my forum, all right? Because it's your forum. So post what you want, um, but do put it in the right place, and, and and then people can choose to ignore it, because that's kind of my opinion. And that's why I don't like the FCC. I don't like censorship. I don't like things like that, because it's my opinion that you can choose to turn the television off, or change the dial, right. or when it comes to children, it's the parents' responsibility to take care of them, and uh, you know this whole story. Put the parental control. Yeah. Uh, so I'm the same way about the forum. I don't care what you post. If it's in the proper category, I can choose to ignore it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if it gets put in the wrong category, like beer radio, then you're like, oh, this must have something to do with beer radio, and I'm interested in beer radio. So you click on the thing, and then you find something that has nothing to do with beer radio. and It turns into Flame City. It, which is, listen, it is what it is. I'll be, I gotta delete the whole thread. And I don't like to, this will only be the second thread, I believe, that I've ever deleted. Okay, and I don't like to have to delete anything. I, I, I don't feel like it's my job or uh, whatever. I got to do it on this one just mostly because it's out of place. Uh, it's just in the wrong thing. I could move it, I guess, if I could figure out how to just move things. But I don't know how to do all that. So just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering why you were going the delete route. <laughs> so I just, I just delete it. 
Well, just refer up to Lufa or Code. And yeah, they'll move it for you. Move that thing for me, guys, will you? If I, you know, if you read the thread, it is funny, and so then they start flaming each other, and they're yelling back and forth, "F you" and "F this," and so I finally just had to climb in there and say, "Listen, uh, break it up, boys." Yeah, like I don't want to have to, you know, be your mom. So just stop now and and don't post here stuff that's off topic, and then everybody will be happy. But in the meantime. Uh, Dr. Scott found us this, uh, this great song. Nice little ditty. It's a beautiful ditty that I can't even wait for the break to play. I gotta play it right now. No, this is good. If you're gonna record it, record it now. Yeah, I mean, this is just, I think I got it lined up in a break for later too. Cause it's well, we'll worth have to, we'll playing have to do twice. it twice. Some people so, come in late, so. Yeah, and so this goes out, uh, to Doc Pagala is his name. Pagala. Doc Pagala, however you say the name. He was the uh, the uh, initiator of the the flaming in the forum. So so Doc found this for us, and, and we're gonna play it now. So please enjoy. It's short. You're gonna love it. And, and apropos, uh, yeah. And we'll be right here. Oh sinner, do not stray from the straight and narrow way, for the Lord is surely watching what you do. If you approach the devil's den, turn round, don't enter in. Lest the hand of the Almighty fall on you, He'll fuck you up. Yes, God will fuck you up if you dare to disobey His stern command. He'll fuck you up. Don't you know He'll fuck you up? So you better do some praying while you can. Long ago, a man named Lot had a wife he thought was hot. But she could not stop her black and sinful ways You know it was her own damn fault When God turned that bitch to salt That's the way he used to work back in those days He fucked him up He really fucked him up When the people went and turned their backs on him He can fuck you up No shit, he'll fuck you up just like he fucked the people up back then I used to have a friend named Ray Who walked that evil way He cursed and drank and broke his neighbor's fans You know Ray was full aware That some sheep were over there And he knew them in the biblical sense God fucked him up He went and fucked Ray up when paid him back for all his wicked sins He fucked him up he fucked, him up. fucked that boy completely up Now he's married to a Presbyterian Now tell me that's not a fantastic song <laughs> It's been in my head all day it. I've been singing it all day <laughs> It does stick in your head If you don't know why we're playing that song You need to read the forum and, and, I don't think and, we uh, needed a reason We would have played it anyway <laughs> We would have played it anyway But uh, it just it's even funnier if you So what's the name of that song? He'll fuck you up? No. I, it's like God Will or God something will. God Will God Will yeah. And who's it from? I don't know it's a secret. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's my new it. Sunday song. It is a good song. <laughs> Wake up to it. <laughs> Wait, you can put on my alarm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 888-401-BEER is the number. Give us a call. Let us know what you guys are thinking out there. Happy to uh, find out what's happening in the world of homebrew in your lives. Uh, in the meantime... Oh, my God! You've got mail. Kick ass. A couple bits of feedback for you this week. 
Just a couple. Uh, somebody wants to know, would you guys be able to post more pictures to the photo gallery? Of what? Especially pictures of Daniela. <laughs> she is a smoking hot woman. Don't worry about any pictures of Justin. He's one ugly looking mofo. <laughs> we don't need to see any more pictures of him. Oh, yeah. And I have an amber ale that I spiked with cannabis extract. <laughs> what? One bottle and you'll be couch locked. Can I send you some? Thanks from Mike. Yeah, UPS. Right to Pacheco. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, not allowed to say you could send us some. I will say... You could find a way to get it here. If a bottle of amber that had cannabis in it happened to land on my doorstep, I might accidentally pour it into a glass and drink it. Thinking right, Doc? Thinking it's yeah. just oh, yeah. beer. And the code word is cousin. Yes. If there was a if there was a cousin Amber on my porch and I didn't know it, I, I could I'd probably taste. That's my cousin Amber. <laughs> Ain't she sweet? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there you go. As far as the forum go or the gallery goes, yeah, yeah, there'll be some more pictures up there. Eventually. We got plenty. We just There's need to upload them. Yeah, you know what it is? Uh, we're up uh, changing to a new gallery program, and I know I've been changing it for a while. I don't want to hear it. So, but the, uh, the naked ones going up. <laughs> the naked ones are going up. Cool. The program I have is supposed to be the best program, but uh, the way it's set up, it was set up for me, and it, it, it takes me like a day to load four pictures. So it's That's just, just you, right? It's just a waste of time. Yeah. So until I get a new program in there, uh, it's probably not going to be updated for some time. But I, I'll work on it. Don't worry. There's a lot on the on the BN uh, priority list, and uh, that's one of them. It's a little lower on the list. All right, uh, another one. Hi, BN. I've just received my copy of Brew Your Own for October 06. You get this yet, Doc? Yeah. Uh, which one's on the cover? Mm, I don't know. This is the new BYO. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. I'm trying to think which one, what's on the cover. I, I did get a new one. Okay. So, well, there's an article. You haven't read through it, I assume, because there's an article. Well, no, about I just didn't the, know if it was the October one I read through. Oh, okay. It says there are many excellent articles, including one about brewing podcasts on page 24, and the Brewing Network got a big write-up, uh, like we did uh, last month in Zymergy, which well, we is got great. A small write-up in Zymergy. Yeah, it says we get a big write-up, which he says is great. He says the only thing is that Jamil got all the press. Says, don't get me wrong, I think Jamil's a great brewer and seems like a nice guy. His Jamil show's great too, but the article only made a cursory mention of the Sunday show in the last paragraph. Justin, Daniela, and Dr. Scott didn't rate a mention at all. Hmm. Says, oh well, I suppose that any publicity is good publicity. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. You guys do a fantastic job and wouldn't miss your show, which I listen via podcast. Keep up the, the good work. Cheers from Andrew in Sydney. Australia. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, yeah. Maybe. I think that I replied to Andrew that yes, all publicity is good publicity, and I shouldn't complain about this article as I did the last one. But they can. They can write to B-I-O. Yeah. And also that I probably would complain anyway. <laughs> but I'm happy to have the article. I won't complain until Jamil's here, because it's no fun to complain if you don't have someone to make fun of. And at least in this case, we could make fun of Jamil for hogging all the spotlight, right? You know what I just think it is? Yeah. It's just, it depends on a journalist, you know? Sure. The one person would rather write about the Sunday show, the other person about Jamil. Yeah. I'm happy they're both on a network. It's, it's yes, all BN. So a great write-up. 
and uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing it myself, as a matter of fact. And uh, Chris Colby, who's the editor of Brew Your Own Magazine, uh, has given me an, an open answer to that he will, he, anytime he's invited, he'll come do the show. Oh. So wow. I think I'm going to try to book him next month. And Ooh. then we can, it'll be our first uh, magazine editor guy. And we can talk about how BYO came about because it's a great mag. Terrific. Cool. I think I have every issue. Do you really? Yeah. Since the beginning? Yeah, there's a couple uh, from 96 I think I don't have. Ah, okay. But yes, they're all binders, anal retentive as I am. Ah, of course. Of course. And that, folks, is your feedback for the day. Nice. Yeah, not too bad, right? Well, you didn't go off on tangents Where's or anything. Where's hate mail? Yeah. You haven't had hate mail in such a long time. You know, there just wasn't Bring any. it on. Yeah. The uh, evil Vinny puppet. I read it a couple weeks back. We I did have Anonymous some hate Jamil. mail. Pope, Remember yeah. the angry in Minnesota a couple yeah, weeks ago? He was he was mm. angry. I haven't gotten hate mail in a while. <laughs> it can't be made up hate mail. It's got to be you know, true, heartfelt hate. Oh, yeah. I want, yeah. It's got to be genuine, right? Oh, yeah. It's got to be in a hateful mood. All right. <laughs> It's time for Daniela's World, Vigorously. What's happening this week in Daniela's World? What's happening in my world? I know what's coming. The Oktoberfest yeah. kicked off yesterday. The yeah. 173rd Oktoberfest in Munich. I can't believe it's been going on for 173 years. That's amazing. Now that really is unbelievable. Yeah, is there another festival? I cannot imagine that there's another festival that's been going on for that long and for so many days at a time, you know. It's, it's uh, always depends on the year. Usually it goes on anywhere between 14 and 18 days. This year, 18 days of straight drinking and yeah. celebrating and happiness. Wow. I'm really upset that I'm here. This is the second year in a row you've missed it? Yes. Well, the second year, and that's the only two years in my life I've missed it, actually. Wow. When I was back home, I used to go every single year. Yeah. Yeah. Just walk down the street? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just walk down the streets. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I've received a lot of emails, actually, from BN listeners uh, saying that they wanted advice from me. They're going to Germany. They're going to see the Oktoberfest. Where should they go? And... I took this because I just, you know, I don't have a l- whole bunch of facts for you tonight. I just want to talk about what the Oktoberfest is like because you cannot imagine if you've not been. And I strongly want to encourage everybody who likes beer and who doesn't like beer to go okay. because it is something else. It's that kind of a good festival. It's that kind of a good festival. So um, you get you get there. The, the Oktoberfest, we in Munich call it Wiesen. That's what the locals call it because it's just on a huge, huge, huge green grass. Okay. That's where it is. So that's why it's called Wiesen, the German word for grass. Okay. So you go there. There's rides. There's all kinds of craziness like that. Like that, you know, little booths where you can shoot things and all this kind I of like stuff. That. Drink beer and shoot, shoot things. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? Like, what are you shooting? Pigs and stuff? I don't want to talk about that. Oh man. <laughs> no, you just shoot on little rabbits and stuff. You know, the plastic rabbits. You're not like shooting Jews or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not anymore. That's good. <laughs> so anyway, so there's that whole area and it's huge. It's humongous already. I've not seen such a, f- a festival here just for the rights. Yeah. And then you walk a little bit further and then there's 14 beer tents. Wow. Now when I say tent, They're I know huge. what you guys think of, but it's not a real tent. It's like they have 
full size on structures in those tents.、Ah. There's like boxes with very nice tables. There's the beer benches, of course. It's two stories high. Most of the tents. Really, in a two-story tent. Two, yeah, two-story tent. And, like, and they take them down and after the festival.、Or? Yes, yes,、yeah. absolutely. They take、ah. it, it to build it up. It takes about two months、wow. and then to tear down again another month. So it's really the entire Oktoberfest preparation time is like four months or so in total.、Yeah. So Justin. Whole new way of playing pup tent. <laughs> <laughs>、right. It's very different. So even just that, I mean, I know that you imagine a tent, but it's just not a tent. It's really a structure. Some of them look like houses. Even they're wooden and all kinds of craziness. There is a band in the middle of every single tent.、Uh-huh. This band is like twenty, twenty-five people big. Wow. So it's not just like three guys playing the guitar, you know. You know what I read today about the bands? What? That this year, in order to try to curb rowdiness,、mm-hmm. they、uh, put noise restrictions on the bands. Yeah, I. I've heard that too, but you know that's just not going to happen. That's going to cut down. Yeah, how do you do that? They、right? try to do that every year, and what they they found a compromise now because they want to encourage families to visit the Oktoberfest too.、Yeah. So now there's a restriction till 5 p.m.、Um, they、uh. should not be too noisy, and also restriction on、uh, there's this one song. Um, I don't even know if you guys know it in English、uh, here in America. It's like、um, who the f、uh, who fucked Alice or something like that.、It's、Alice, Alice, who the fuck did it? Something like that. <laughs> so when they play this song in the tents, all the guys go crazy apparently. So they're not allowed to play that song. Is、anymore. it in English? Yeah, it's in English. And it's who effed Alice? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> or was it Elvis? <laughs> no,、yeah. Alice. <laughs> I wish you could have found. Is there a copy of that somewhere? Yeah, I can find it for next week. Yeah. Well, anyways, so you go to one of those fourteen tents. They serve Oktoberfest style beer, of course.、Uh, the beer ranges anywhere between five point eight and six point two percent. Okay. So that's good alcohol content. It's easy to drink too. I mean, if you've brewed Oktoberfest style yourself, you know how easy this stuff goes down.、Mm-hmm. So you easily drink. Five six liters. So could I、Ooh. get a Budweiser there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you won't find a Budweiser. That's good. Only the five local breweries are represented on the Oktoberfest. That's、uh, you gotta be a Munich brewery in order to be able to pour your beer there. So there won't ever be any brewery that's outside of Munich. See, that's I, I think really cool because、uh, the festival easily could have taken on a much more commercial value.、Yes. And I'm not saying there aren't commercial aspects to it, but they easily could open it up to all of Germany, right? Yeah. But、uh, I like that they keep it low. And you know what? It's just not necessary either.、Oh. I mean, y- you've heard it、uh, before: six million liters of uh, uh, beer yeah, in fourteen days.、Mm-hmm. You don't really need other breweries than、yeah. the ones who are represented. Justin, so, Justin, be good for half of that one.、So. Yeah, <laughs> out of the、true. out of the fourteen tents that serve the beer, there's actually two tents left: the Augustina Brau and the tent called Fischer's Frony. They still serve the beer out of wooden two hundred liter barrels. Wow! So. I mean that's、a、crazy too. A two hundred liter wooden liter, barrel. Yeah. Wow. Those are the only two left, and、um, I don't know if you actually taste a difference. I always think you do. So this, those are my preferred tents to go to. Yeah. Because it's just a little bit even more cozy than the other ones. That's fifty. So、million. a typical day on the Oktoberfest, what you want to try to do is try to go during during the week. Um, that's what we always did. We took days off. I mean, I was a student anyway, so it was easy to take the days off. Sure. You get there around ten thirty, eleven in the morning. You go there for a sausage breakfast and have your first beer, and then you just hang out. You either hang out in the tent or you hang out in the beer garden out front because every single tent has a beer garden out front too. Oh yeah. Just to accommodate if the weather is nice, so you sit there, hang out with your buddies, drink the next liter of beer. Then you go on the rides, do a little stuff, you know, fun stuff. Walk around, have a chicken, blah blah blah. Yeah. Come back to the tent and around. Two or three o'clock, the bands get fired up, and then the party starts. And then from there on, from three to like ten, 
10:30 p.m. You don't want to leave the tent anymore. You just <laughs> <laughs> because you can't get back in. Or? Well, during the week you could potentially, yeah. but it's just such a good party. There's no uh, need. I mean, you you are you know those benches they fit like 10 to 12 people. You usually don't know a single person who's around you, but you feel like they're your best friends ever <laughs> because you just <laughs> I every, love you, man. You know, everybody is just so happy and so yeah. stoked, and the atmosphere is very peaceful and it's very nice. So you just uh, you sit with each other. You you know you. Uh, sing for the music. You get on the bench. You you cheer to each other. Yeah. You you see boobies. You see oh. penis. Uh, oh. You see ass. You see everything. You kiss your neighbor. That's a very traditional thing too. You just kiss everybody tongue? and hug. No tongue. No just tongues. Damn. Just I cheek. love my drunk German <laughs> friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then like ten thirty, eleven, you leave the tent. Uh, the tents close eleven thirty. If you're lucky, you go to one of the tents that has a longer license. They're open till I think twelve thirty or one, but they serve mostly wine and. Yeah. And uh, liquor, and then you go home. Wow! Happily, you walk home, or you take public transportation, or crawl. Ozzy is on the on the line here, telling us that the song is called "Living Next Door to Alice." Oh yeah! Is that it? Yeah. Ozzy, how do you know that? Oh, I just know everything, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've spent Can many a drunken night singing that in the pub. Ah. How does it go, Oz? Who the fuck fucked Alice, or how does it go? <laughs> No, who the fuck is Alice? Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Daniela? Well, see, Oz gets everything a day early. Yeah. That's right. You want to sing we're a, actually, a verse? No, not really. We're going to change the lyrics, though. Yeah. It goes like this, Alice, Alice, and who the fuck is Alice? No, 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 no. That's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to change it to drink, motherfucker, drink. <laughs> I as think that should, could be a hit. As we should. Yeah, I yeah. think the whole uh, TBN rap song could be a hit there, as a matter of fact. There's one more thing I wanted to mention about, so you guys can grab the dimensions of the Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. The tents, the so-called tents, seat at least 100,000 people at once. Wow. One tent? Now, no, all the tents. That's what I wanted to know. I want to know about, like, what about this rumor where people got to go pee and and you can't go pee? You just got to pee in your lederhosen. Well, this is why I'm saying go during the week (laughs) because on the weekends it really gets crazy at times. And there are specific tents, especially the ones uh, that are frequented by a lot of foreigners in Germany, a lot of tourists, they just lose it, especially yeah. the Australians, actually. Really? And really? Italians. Australians and Italians, they lose it. They, I mean, imagine, please imagine, those people travel from Australia yeah. to Germany just for this festival. Yeah. So they travel 12,000 miles to go to a beer festival. Ozzy, you got buddies that go do that? Actually, no. We um, we generally get together somewhere in Australia. It's a bit cheaper, and the, uh, they they say the party's a bit better over here than actually in Germany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the beer's right. better too. too I hear <laughs> too, many, too many bloody Germans over there. Yeah, that's true. I'm really excited about the whole thing. Like, I really want to go. Yeah. I'm just nervous about. I don't want to piss myself. No, 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 no. Don't be nervous. I mean, not intentionally. The anyway. good thing is that uh, well, if you are with a local, you know, you know yeah. how to get around those things. Yeah. I've never, I've never peed in my dirndl. And no, uh, no. You sure. <laughs> well, maybe when I was two. But uh. <laughs> I went to the Octoberfest when I was two. So. What about the dudes, though? Like your friends? Yeah. Like, well, I have one friend. He pissed himself, right? Well, but he had 18 liters of beer. And then he pissed himself. <laughs> and did he know he was doing it? Was he? Did he like look at you and go, "Check this out. I'm no, peeing right no, now." No. Why did he just use that empty liter glass? Yeah, th- you could do that, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, but you. Because then someone might grab it and drink it. <laughs> you know, this is the thing. You see, you see everything on the Octoberfest. I've seen yeah. people shag right in front of me. Is that so right? that can happen too. Wow. Yeah. So there is those oh. people, but there is it's the Burning Man of Europe. <laughs> I'm going, baby. <laughs> 
But there are six million people, so there's always some weirdos who do crazy stuff. So how old do you have to be to be drinking beer there? Uh, 16 is legal drinking age, but I've never seen anybody be carded, so well, if I'm you're I'm 15, just, you get an... I'm just thinking i got an excuse now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the, you know, the kid gets to be 16, um, we're going. An interesting number is the six breweries that are represented, the Munich breweries, uh, Spaten, Augustiner, Paulaner, Hackabschor, Hofbräuhaus, and Löwenbräu. I'm sure you've heard of every single one of those mm, brands. Yeah. They sell 30% of their annual beer production just during the Oktoberfest. I was, I gave a report on the FM show. Did you hear that? That they make uh, annually over a billion dollars during the uh, two to two and a half weeks of Oktoberfest. The Oktober city Fest. of Munich does? Yes. Yeah. Just the city of Munich. <laughs> well, over a billion. In, I can uh, totally imagine. You know, Munich only has a population of one million people. Six million go to the Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your equation right there. Where do people stay at night? Like, there can't be that many hotels. I mean, I know it's a big city, but there's not you enough. You have to book really early. You have to book very early. Um, there's also what you can always do is, uh, people rent out their apartments. Oh. People from Munich rent out the, their apartments because right. you make a lot of money. They like leave and go stay with family for the couple of yeah. weeks yep. and rent out their absolutely, apartment. Absolutely, absolutely. Or you know what you do is you uh, crash with all your other fellow students, fellow yeah. co-workers and then you rent out one apartment. <laughs> so people do that a lot. Uh, there's yeah. uh, campgrounds all over. Um, okay. There is uh, youth hostels and there's a lot of hotels. I mean Munich has a bi- is a big fair city too. Like we have a lot of big fairs going on. Yeah. Like the drink tech for example, the biggest uh, drink industry uh, yeah. fair in the world and that's in Munich. So the city is prepared and the Oktoberfest has been going on for so long and has been such a huge success for so many years. The infrastructure is guaranteed. I, ju- I know. I just think that going from a mil- from a population of a I million to, to six million uh, is unbelievable. Well, and this is why you have to experience Munich during the Oktoberfest and Munich uh, off the Oktoberfest both because yeah. it's a different it's a different experience. The, the city goes crazy. Right. It's really crazy. Wow. I've been there right after. Yeah. And oh yeah, and was just a mess. Oh, people are still still going off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that is Daniela's world vigorously missing Oktoberfest yet again. Poor girl. We feel sad for her. Thank a lot. you. Want to listen to this just for a sec? Yes, please. You know this one, Ozzy? Oh, look, I'm up some. It's got to be great and fair You guys sing this there? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Schutz and Liesel? Are you kidding me? What are, what are Schutz and Liesel? Shooting Liesel. What's li- what are Liesel? Shooting Lily. Something like that. It's a girl's name. Nice. Nice. Schützen Liesel, dreimal hat's gekracht. Boom, boom, boom. Right, having our own little Oktoberfest. We'll have to have an Oktoberfest show. Do we have another show that we can fit it in before it's over? No, can't do it next week. No, no. The following Sunday? No, we're in Denver. Do it now. Oh, that's right. Do it now. We don't have any Oktoberfest. We don't have any Meritzen or anything. Oh, man. Oh, There's well. a Bevmo up the road from you. Yeah, that's true. What's the word, Ozzy? What's happening? Oh, not a heap. I took the day off to uh, Get drunk try and have us? a drink. Yeah, but I think Doc's got his Doc Jiner on today, so I might bring Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no? You ready to drink, Doc? Oh, I've been drinking for... I think Doc's ready six for six hours you, Ozzie. Now. Oh, man. He uh, I'll he, just, he went to a doctor's some, um, convention and got hammered there. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I'll just put some water on to brew. Oh, you're starting your brew, huh? Yeah. Well, call it a uh, call it a experimental brew. You Why know? Not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Uh, hey, we we did have a good turnout of donations from from last week, so I do want to thank everybody for participating in that a uh, little drinkathon between me and and, and Oz here. And uh, Oz drank willing himself, or unwilling? Uh, uh, yes, Oz drank himself to sleep even. And, I did. Um, uh, well, I did the five second beer. You did. Doc did a five second beer, and uh, I think Oz and I actually both failed our tests. Yet people still came through with some donations, so that was very cool. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Very cool, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I actually wonder why I'm nominate myself for drunk of the week for last week. For last week, <laughs> yeah. Can we yeah. do it posthumously? You know why you're not good. drunk of the week for last week is because you clammed up and passed out. Like you didn't call back <laughs> in hammered. You just you got hammered and then enjoyed it all by yourself. I passed out after the show. Yeah, but you didn't call us up and let us know how truly. We hammered. need to gauge you, man. Yeah, so no. I, I can't give you drunk of the. Even though you probably were more intoxicated than any other listener, you didn't call in to let us know. I can be absolutely hammered, as you guys know. We've I can seen be it. Absolutely hammered. Yeah, and, and we like, still don't it's know. Just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I either um, hide it well or I'm normally looking drunk. Yeah. That's true. Well, it's like guess uh, Oz's BAC. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that. All right. Well, well, Doc's ready to go. So if you're uh, if your Sean Gina stops hurting, you let us know. I'm I'm pretty good to go. I can drink and brew. What what was that? Um, I'm only doing number it, four. I'm only doing it for money. Yeah, Doc only do it oh, for, for money. For money. We'll, well for the BN. Yeah. Take one down for the BN. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see if the chat room can raise some more money. All if right. not, we'll just do it anyway. Yeah, no worries there. Yeah. All right, Ozzy. Thanks, brother. Cheers, mate. Okay, we'll hear back from Ozzy uh, later in the show, I'm sure, and getting ready to start himself a brew. Okay, if you're just tuning in uh, once again, I gotta let you know, uh, Crazy Dave canceled on us. Uh, actually, he didn't even cancel on us. He just didn't show. Uh, so Hop Town is not our guest today. Uh, it's just the three of us, and it's okay because we're gonna do a great discussion about fermentation today and uh, a lot of different aspects of it. We've definitely talked a lot about yeast in here and about pitching rates, so we can do that a little bit. But uh, if you have questions about that, you know, don't be afraid to, to send them in. We'll talk about that. But I think we're gonna move past yeast pitching and talk a lot about aeration and fermentation uh, temperature control, uh, lengths of time, secondaries, vessels to put it in, a lot of things like that. And of course, any questions that you folks have, it's uh, 888-401-BEER is the number. And then uh, you can also join Daniela in the chat room, of course, and send your questions chat. there. So the fermentation show, since we got dissed by our, our buddy yeah. Crazy Dave. What the hell happened there? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's the Brewing You're Network. Listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Oh, sinner, do not stray from the straight and narrow way. For the Lord is surely watching what you do. If you approach the devil's den, turn round, don't enter in. Lest the hand of the Almighty fall on you. He'll fuck you up. He'll fuck you up. Yes, God will fuck you up. If you dare to disobey his stern command, he'll fuck you up. He'll fuck you up. Don't you know he'll fuck you up? So you better do some praying while you can. 
Long ago a man named Lot had a wife he thought was hot But she could not stop her black and sinful ways You know it was her own damn fault when God turned that bitch to salt That's the way he used to work back in those days He fucked him up, he really fucked him up When the people went and turned their backs on him He can fuck you up, no shit he'll fuck you up Just like he fucked the people up back then I used to have a friend named Ray who walked that evil way He cursed and drank and broke his neighbor's fans You know Ray was full aware that some sheep were over there And he knew them in the biblical sense God fucked him up He went and fucked Ray up Went and paid him back for all his wicked sins He fucked him up Fucked that boy completely up Now he's married to a Presbyterian. It's already what? It's it's hurricanes, fire ants, fire ants, alligators, chickens. What? There's a chicken's disease going on right now. A chicken's disease. You mean the bird flu? Yeah. Are you talking about the bird flu? (laughs) (laughs) And that's in just in Florida? I thought it didn't make it to our country yet. Not yet, at least. (laughs) So, (laughs) just talking Florida, man. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, what the hell? While we're at it, let's pin the chicken's disease on the stage. The chicken's ah! disease. Oh, man. Oh, the chicken's disease. And it's not just that it's all of, there's all of a sudden a chicken's disease. Yeah. It's, it's that he thought we were just naming off every natural disaster in the world, happening man. in the, he's, yeah, well, there was Ebola that one time. <laughs> Good old rock and roll for you. Get tuned to the Brewcast. We're going to be talking fermentation today. Because Crazy Dave bailed on us. That's crazy. A lot of times when people can't make it, cancel at the last minute, I make nice excuses for them. You don't want to diss anybody. Sure. This guy didn't even call or anything. <laughs> I got no nice excuses to make. I'll invite him back because I think it'll be funny because I really I hear that the guy will say anything. And his beer is good. And his beer I is really nice. would like to talk about this beer. It's great beer. Still got to say that. But you didn't even call. Yeah, that's shitty. He's no show. You don't no show the BN. Not at this stage in our career. <laughs> well, apparently you do. <laughs> right, Doc? Oh, yeah, we got power. You do something right. about it. What are we going to do about it? Um, book, book him again for another day. Yeah, <laughs> ask him to come back next month. Mm. That's uh, funny, but fermentation is a good topic. Yeah. I've had issues recently. Yeah, so it's good. So okay. send us your questions in the chat room or eight 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 four zero one beer. A couple came through already. I think we co-book him uh, with the Vinny Puppet. Yeah, and, and Vinny Puppet's gonna be angry. Vinny Puppet will actually be the host that day. I'm not even going to get on the mic. Just it'll be the Vinny Puppet interviewing Crazy Dave. It will be best show ever. Yeah, it probably will be. <laughs> As a matter of fact, thank you. Uh, hey, drinking Doc's Pilsner right now. One of the beers that got brought out here, and uh, this is a nice pils. Thank you, man. Are I you happy it. about it? Are you happy with it? Oh, 
uh, Jamil gave it a 43. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. Oh, wow. Ooh. That's fantastic. Yeah. In I, a competition I, I, or he privately judged it for you? No, right here and privately. He said, you know, this is what I give you. This And, this. and this is actually a better version of the first keg that I brought in. Mm. Um, it's very clear, and I didn't filter it, actually. I used some uh, fining agents on it. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, you almost always filter. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, didn't feel I had to with this. I, I wanted to go without filtering on it. Okay. Um, I got the carbonation where I wanted it, although it's a little bit less than it was on Friday. Yeah. Uh, but it's still good. But it, it's really clean, and I'm pretty happy with this thing. So Yeah. I actually did everything I wanted to. I, I built this one from the ground up. I did water, uh, built the yeast way up on it, did everything right on it. I did a, uh, a rice mash, adjunct mash. Okay. Did all this. It's it was a labor intensive beer, and I'm it got everything out of there that I wanted it. Why did you put rice in this in this beer? I wanted to lighten up the. I want to see how light I could get it okay. without going nutty. Okay. And so I went to about fifteen percent rice on it. And I mean, look at the color. That's a yeah. SRM two or three. Now is that what you you don't mean light in body and flavor? No, you no, mean just light color. In color. Color. Okay. And I wanted to see how yellow we could get this, and, gotcha. and, and still have it very flavorful. And it's I wanted it to be round and nice on the mouth, and it, it'd be nice. So okay. I'm pretty pleased with this one, and I really haven't had much of it. We had that one keg I brought in last week or the week before. Yeah. At the short keg, and then this one, I haven't had any since then until I brought this in for your birthday party, so. Alright. It's good stuff. It, it, it goes down real easy. Well, this Pilsner is so good that yesterday when you and I poured ourselves a yummy glass of this Pilsner, yeah. I drank it faster than Justin did. For the no. very first time wow. in my life, because <laughs> it's that good. It's that good? Yeah. Plus, I was hurting still from, uh, the <laughs> yeah, <night> whatever. Who's <laughs> on the phone here? You don't know? I think it's Crotchrot in disguise. <laughs> like it's not in disguise anymore. <laughs> Crotch rot with a veil. It gets further and further. It's somebody who wants to talk about yeast bitching. Uh, yeast bitching? <laughs> That's, That's what I bitch. caught. Hey, uh, caller, you're on the air. I'm on the air. I'm yeah. talking about yeast bitching. Yeah. Yeast bitching? Yeast bitching, right? Yeast bitching. Yeast is bitching. Yeah. Then, like y'all talking about aeration? Yeah. Variation very important when you got the yeast condition. That's true. <laughs> yes, it is. I tell them girls to just take their panties off, turn on the steam fan, aerate that mess out. That'll do it. So much for the yeast condition. All right. I'm sorry. I can hardly hear you. It's yeah. just a terrible can't connection. Can't hear me about the yeast bitching. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely hear a little something about yeast bitching. You almost sound like Cartman. Yeah. You do. Uh-huh. You kind of sound like Cartman on helium. I'm not on helium. No. I'm on fag. I'm just going to be a fag. <laughs> I have my fan out, out aerating. <laughs> okay. You're not supposed to aerate it. Right? All right. Thank you for the call. <laughs> I don't know what's happening there, but... Uh, Yeast bitching is good, I guess. A couple There'll of questions. Post on that. Let's go ahead and start the conversation here, Doc, and okay. we're going to start randomly. We'll go back to our sort of detailed discussion, but these are a couple questions that already came through. If you're just tuning in, you can join Daniela in the chat room. Hit the chat now button on our homepage, or call us at 888-401-BEER. We'll take your phone calls. You can ask us directly. This is sort of a general question, Doc. I'm not sure what we're going to be able to do with this, but... Uh, uh, the person says, I've brewed an ordinary bitter, made a starter, <coughs> excuse me, and pitched that starter at high croissant at 74 degrees. 
Fermentation started and over the course of several days lowered to 64 degrees. What can I expect from this fermentation fluctuation? So a I nice get, fruity beer. Yeah. Uh, are, are you a fan? Now, I, I, I'm not trying to rehash old discussions, so but I don't want to do that. The warm pitch, cold pitch? Thing? Yeah, well, so that, that has to do with lagers, not so much ales. So a bitter like this doesn't matter. It's fine that he pitched at 74. Sure. Uh, or not. It, it'll, it'll be okay, uh, but if you're going to pitch it, depends on what your target temperature is for where you want to ferment. Okay. And... We also need to know what kind of yeast he used, too. I, I well, he's doing say. a bitter. He's probably using an English or a Brit- British yeast, but okay. um, still still an ale yeast. And when you're getting down to 64, that's kind of pushing the limit on some of them. Okay. Some will, some will ferment lower. But uh, the problem is uh, most of your esters, all your fruity stuff, comes through in the first part of the fermentation. So if you're hot in the first part of your fermentation, yeah, that's where you got to get all the fruity things. If you don't want to get that in there... Then you need to start your your fermentation at a lower temperature. Okay, it, it's good if you lower it slowly, but um, the only reason you're lowering it is to knock out a lot of the fruitiness. Yeah, all the fruity esters. And if you're doing that in the first few days, which is the vigorously part of it, sure, uh, it's gonna it's gonna come through. All the esters are gonna come out at first, and then you're just gonna end up slowing down your ferment. Okay, on that one, you will cut out a lot of the fusel alcohols. By dropping that. Uh, by dropping it because, you know, when you're, you're uh, fermenting at a real high temperature, yeah, uh, it's going to ferment fast and furious, two days, three days, but you're going to give you a nice headache. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on the same topic then here, uh, conversations with Chris White, and Daniela has actually really done a great job of, of picking Chris White's brain about... <laughs> you uh, got him to actually answer yeah, got questions? Her, she, does, she does real well to uh, pin him down and get him to answer things. And uh, if you read a bottle of the White Labs vial, it uh, it does want you to pitch up in the uh, low 70s when you actually put that in. Uh, Chris White says if, if you do that, you want to go ahead and lower your temperature. Now, here's where it gets difficult, and you really need to be monitoring it. Um, he says, ideally, you could pitch at that temperature and then lower it to your fermentation temperature one degree per hour. Right. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, it's something you could calculate how your fridge works or something mm-hmm. and, 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 and set it down if you have actual temp control. Depending on uh, what the thermal mass is, how much liquid you have. Yeah. That's about what your refrigerator is going to do anyway. About a degree an hour? Yeah. Okay. So if you put it in at 70 and you set the thing at 64, yeah, it's going to go down about a degree an hour. Okay. You don't want to shock them. Yeah. Uh, they do weird things. Right. And they, and they don't want to ferment. So uh, just put it in the refrigerator, set it at your ferment temperature. Right. As long as it's not you know 20 degrees low. Sure. Uh, it, it'll go down about a degree an hour. And if this were the case, if we were going, if this was our example, and we were pitching at 74 and going to 64, the key here is that you're talking about 10 hours to get down to that uh, th- that temperature, which is different than what Doc is talking about, and having your high, you know, your really vigorous, uh, your vigorous fermentation happen at seven above 70 For degrees. For a day or so, as, yeah. as you're, you know, taking it down over the next three, four, five days. Because that's different, because what uh, what White has said, and he said it on the show as well, Do it was... in the lag time. Was that uh, in the that that first part of fermentation when when you've just pitched at seventy four they won't be giving off all of those those no. fruity flavors yet uh, they're not fermenting they're yeah. uh, replicating and, they're and you're the fine during that stage you're fine during that time but just don't ferment it at seventy four and then start dropping it down expecting to get what you want out of it yes uh, 
dropping it down right away is is a whole different thing. Yes. On a side note, Oz would like me to tell you, Doc, that he's one beer into this thing, which makes him about six behind you already, yeah, I, I know. think, Doc. Uh, and, and we've just started this show. Okay, another question that has uh, come through via the chat room. I brewed today, did a starter yesterday with a stir plate. Okay. I'm seeing bubbles in my blow-off tube after about ten minutes. Is this normal with a stir plate? Now, I guess uh, to the aerate because sometimes it's just uh, the oxygen or the or the o- or air coming out of solution. Okay. Uh, so it's not necessarily fermentation after ten minutes. It's not going to be fermentation after ten. Not minutes. happening, right? Yeah. And if you're going to start, you know, your starter the day before, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this a lot, you're not really doing more than just just getting the, the yeast woken up kickstarting and kickstarting which is not a bad thing yeah so i i if you got that extra 24 hours it's always worth doing it and the stir plate helps uh you gets everything up and moving wanting them to get into that mode of fermenting beer uh to really do a starter and really start replicating up you're going to need several more days than that but yeah. uh, it doesn't mean, and I've done it a lot of times too, where I get lazy on Wednesday, I'm brewing on Saturday, and, and it's Thursday, and pretty yeah. soon Friday I'm making a starter, and I put it on the stir plate, and then I'm pitching Saturday night when, right. I'm, when I'm done brewing, so, and that's perfectly fine. Because at it's least much it's better up than, and going. It's much better than just throwing it, throwing the vial in there. Okay. All right. Although Chris White's got Daniela on the throw the vial in there bandwagon, but here's what we're going to talk about. But he likes about to now. crack it uh, a couple hours before That's he, what it, I do, yeah. and sure. you know let it start going, and then uh, I I usually just walk around with it in my pocket. Yeah. What what he told warm. me to do is shake it up, crack it open, close it again. And an hour later, shake it up again, crack it crack open. It open yeah. So you always hear little. Yep. As it as says it works as a mini starter. As long as there's positive pressure coming out. Yeah. yeah. It, it's. Don't forget good. to sanitize though. Yep. It's very important. Every time you open it, dip it in your bucket of sanitizer, yeah. and then open, and then crack. And it also, open. the hand you open it with, I always I, because I'm I'm I was spill a little of your martini on <laughs> it. Since I've had a, an infected beer, I'm a super freak now about the yep. sanitizer. Well, Charlie Talley told us when he was on the show. He said the key is anytime you're sanitizing things, everything should be wet. So your hands, all the all the uh, items that you're sanitizing, everything. So if you're dealing, if you're racking, for example, and you're pulling your racking cane and all the tubes out of your bucket of sanitizer, yet your hands are dry, possibly they could be contaminated. Something. So dip your hands dip down your hand in there rub too, them around, and rub them around a little bit. Yeah, and go ahead and just everything should be. So just a, 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 as a general rule, there, it's good for you. Okay, here's what I want to do. I do have some other questions in front of me, but I want to start uh, somewhere with this discussion on fermentation and, and, and kind of take it from there. Not just go willy nilly. Not just uh, go through these questions willy nilly. But I will get to your questions. Eight 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 four zero one beer is the number. You can call us and ask. You can Skype us at Brewing Network, or you can join Daniela in the chat room, and, and we'll be sure to get to those today. I want to start with uh, proper aeration because, uh, like I said, we've kind of worn out the uh, uh, the pitching rate thing. Well, I'm sure we'll come back to that next year sometime and talk about it again. <laughs> uh, Round circle. But I want to talk about aeration because uh, there, there's some new things that uh, Danielle and I have been uh, talking to Chris White about, and I've, I talked to John Palmer about it a little bit and things like that. So uh, using Daniela's beer as an example, just for uh, some general uh, aeration techniques. Uh, since the beginning of this show, we've always talked about it, that everybody should aerate their wort. And one thing that's always been uh, really promoted on this show heavily is to use yourself some pure O2 through a stone to oxygenate your wort 
uh, before pitching your yeast and getting uh, the, the the proper amount of oxygen. Which how many parts per million is it? Are we talking here? There's I know there's a range, but is it is it eight parts per no, million? Is ten. Eight to ten or something. Eight to ten. Okay. Some would like even twelve or so, but uh, it's tough to get it up that high. Yeah. Without pressure. Okay. So because it's going to come out of solution. It will come out of solution, which is another whole thing. If you oxygenate now, yeah, it's going to normally come back out of solution. Right. And then that's why you want to do it again. Right. It's not that the yeast use it all up necessarily. Is it just it it does dissipate? Yeah. And this is where I kind of want to go with this because a couple of things have come to our attention uh, that uh, that that we haven't talked about in in talking about aeration, and one of them is the temperature of your wort. When you aerate. Yes. We were having a conversation with Chris White the other day uh, because in talking about Daniela's beer, she uh, brewed 10 gallons, so two carboys. One of those carboys got aerated with pure O2, and then she ran out of O2, <laughs> and the other one got handshaken. You know, the old shake it about mm-hmm. method like your first brew kit you ever buy says. Shake um, it. Which, by the way, you should do. It's better than nothing, uh, and that's what she did. I still remember our listener that passed out. Yeah. He was using a tube to blow into the carboy <laughs> and, and blow and blow. And that's how he was aerating until he passed out. That's right. I do remember that. We, I got to pull that in for the that, greatest hits uh, album. That right is there. the greatest hit. <laughs> yeah. And, Speaking and, of infections. And I think we got into the discussion about, yeah, exactly. We then got into the discussion about blowing on your boil kettle when it's about to boil over and how that's dangerous, too, because you don't want to fall into your boil kettle. Yes, that would be a bad thing. Well, Daniela, uh, what what happened? But what was the difference between the two carboys? The one that you aerated with Puro two, and then the one that you shook. Well, both have in common that the fermentation kicked off uh, very late. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that I aerated with the oxygen after thirty hours, and the one that I aerated myself with my physical power uh, yeah. after forty eight hours. So now, what I've heard, what I um. So that you know, I aerated at a temperature of approximately seventy five degrees. Yeah. And talking to Chris White about it, he explained to me that's too warm for the aeration. Yeah. And this is what I want to talk about, too. But I first want you to... I just want everyone to take note. Uh, all conditions were the same. Absolutely. Except that one had pure O2 right. and one was just shaken about. And the one with pure O2, even though there was a significant lag time, which we'll talk about in a second, it did start faster. So it, I, I just think it's interesting to note uh, that it, you know when we talk about aeration making a difference, we are not just uh, whistling Dixie over here. Yeah. Aeration does make a difference to your yeast. And we're Definitely. not talking like a couple of hours. It's 18 hours difference. And the aeration that I did myself, we're not... I didn't only sh- uh, shake it up for two minutes. I really shook it up for like ten minutes, yeah. like crazy. Did you use a starter? Just pitch from the tube. Tube. Just from the. See that, and that's why it was thirty hours. Had you done a starter, I'll bet it would would have been eight hours yeah. with pure O two. Yeah. That's a big confusion now because I was told that it didn't make a difference. Well, so here's the conversation now with Chris White because here's the other factor that I wanted us to talk about. And that factor is the temperature of your wort when you aerate. And and, and it's essentially that uh, the warmer your wort is, the more inclined oxygen is to fall out of solution. Is that the general rule? That's the general rule for any gas liquid combination. And the same thing when you're doing CO2 into it. Yeah, yeah. the higher the temperature, the more pressure you're going to need to get that same amount of CO2 in there. Okay. So uh, the colder it is, the easier that uh, gas dissolves into the solution. Yeah. And a couple of degrees, five, six, seven degrees is going to make a difference. Okay. 
So that's a number one now when we talk about air reading, because a lot of times uh, if you don't have a chiller that's going to drop you down below the 70s and get you into your fermentation temp, uh, you know, we're aerating up at up, up at 74 degrees. Right. And, and now we understand that that is making a difference of how much of that O2 is going to stay into solution. Right. And we should talk a little bit about the source of the O2. Okay. Uh, when you're talking about uh, just shaking it, yeah, uh, oxygen in the atmosphere is less than 20%. Okay. And you're shaking it, you're only going to get a 20% in there. Pure O2 yeah. in the, in the uh, stone is going to dissolve it a lot faster in the solution. Okay. Um, if you're just shaking, if you're using an aquarium pump and a stone, it's going to it's going to kind of be middle ground in there. You're going to have to use a little bit longer. Yeah. But it's also cheaper. So that's yes. good for the beer people. They like yeah. cheap. Uh, so the the oxygen stone and the aquarium pump is your is your best bet that way. Okay. Uh, but if you really want to only put it in for thirty seconds or a minute and be done, yeah, uh, that little canister of oxygen lasts a long time. Right. So you, if you're gonna go that route, that's a good route to go. Shaking is better than not shaking it. Yeah. It's all a matter of degree. Yeah. And uh, temperature. Get it down to your fermentation temperature. And then aerate. It's the colder the better. Yeah. So whatever that is, that doesn't mean get it at 50 degrees, oxygenate it, bring it back up to 64. Sure. And, and throw in your yeast. Don't, right. Don't do that. Okay. But uh, the, the cooler the better. If you're okay. gonna, if you're gonna ferment at that thing, pitch at that, oxygenate at that. Okay. It's the simplest thing to do. All right. So that's that one bit of information I want us to get to is the temperature of your wort because it is important. Now, here's the other part. And you just talked about it a little bit, Doc. Uh, I Two separate people now, uh, John Palmer being one. And by the way, I'm hoping to have his interview out this week. I'm uh, working on it uh, that, that we did with him, the new one-hour boil series, hoping to be out this week. Uh, it's almost completely edited. Uh, both him and, and then a, again a conversation with Chris White, uh, albeit we were drinking and having on, on, having a lot of fun on Friday. But uh, when Daniela was talking about her beer and the lag time, uh, this came up about using the fish tank air pump. Okay, mm-hmm. and both John Palmer and Chris White and I. These are not my results. I'm just giving you the information. I'm passing it along. Found that they had better results, uh, the, uh, more oxygen into solution. By using an air pump, like a fish tank pump, and just leaving it alone for like an hour. Now, like Doc said, if you want to just get to it and be done in 30 seconds, now that's your O2 canister. But not only is it – I know that it takes longer, but they – first, John Palmer didn't have – he didn't give me scientific information. He just said that, listen, my results uh, tend to be I got better fermentations out of leaving my carboy alone for an hour while pumping the the air through my my fish tank pump uh, and through a stone, of course. I just forget about it for an hour. I come back and I've had better fermentations. Now I brought that up to Chris White, and he he suggested the same thing that with the O2 for 30 seconds or so, while it is a concentrated O2, so much is falling out of solution right. that he thinks you're probably getting more O2 into solution by pumping it through just a regular air filter and leaving it for a longer time. Now, if you left just O2 for an hour onto your your carboy, uh, not only are you wasting a lot of oxygen that's going to fall out of solution, but you possibly could even over-oxygenate. With the air pump, it's virtually impossible to over-oxygenate. Because like Doc said, what would you say? It's tw- 20%, 20%, but it's not, it's not impossible. Um, 
twenty percent versus a hundred percent. Yeah, that's a fivefold difference. Yeah. So, yeah. If it, one thing is, if you're pumping it through so fast and it's all bubbling out the top, anything's bubbling over the top is wasted. What I like to do, I use a, I usually use a wand uh, with the stone at the end. Okay. And I stir it with the wand. Okay. So I get a whirlpool going, and I oxygenate at the same time. Okay. I got and you. And I do. Probably a minute or two with yeah. that. I'll come back in two, three hours if I'm awake, depending on when I, when I, uh, pitch. Yeah. And then I'll do it again, and then when I wake up in the morning before I go to work. Right. Okay. Uh, so a short burst. I don't have, I'm, I ADD out, so I could leave that oxygen, the aquarium pump on all night. All night, I, w- yeah. I would forget. Yeah. So I get stuck on doing something else. Right. Uh, but it's all I'm at. It's only so much is going to go into solution at yeah. a certain point. See, I don't have the wand or anything. I just got the tube, and so I put it in there, and I'll and I'll oxygenate. Then for I usually leave it for like a minute, and I'm doing it straight O2 off of the tank. I kind of like the idea because uh, I will remember to come back to it. I like the idea of putting the uh, uh, and I'm going to try this. I'll report back to you. I like putting the aquarium pump on there and forgetting about it for an hour because. To me, it makes it's it, it's kind of logical when I'm looking at how I used to sit there aerating with my O2, with the stone sitting on one side of the carboy, you know, right. and I kind of would go, "Am I really oxygenating this whole thing? It looks to me like all the bubbles are just coming right up, like there's a single column that might be getting uh, oxygenated, and the rest of my work not." Well, when I'm doing a starter, I'm oxygenating on the stir plate, so the thing is spinning. And I'm oxygenating. I'm, I'm getting a lot more surface okay, surface contact with all these little bubbles. Yeah, and uh, that works for me pretty well. And I've got a source for oxygen, so it's not an issue with me. Yeah, <laughs> of course you got plenty of oxygen. Uh, yeah, I just grab a tank from the office. Sure, so it's not it's not so much a problem for me, and I've got the equipment set up for that. You know, if I was probably in my beginning years of brewing. I probably would have gone the the aquarium pump thing, yeah. but definitely do a diffusion stone, mm. and uh, use a filter on it. There's they've the got HEPA filter. They've yeah. got one micron filters that are work great. Yes, and definitely don't just pump straight air in there. Exa- and and it, I'm glad you mentioned that. That, that John Palmer said the exact same thing. If you're going to be using the your aquarium pump, and, and I use it even with the O2, you might as well uh, just lick the inside of the car. Yeah, definitely use the little HEPA filter that you can get at your local homebrew shop, uh, and you can even get it at medical supply stores if you're a nurse or if you're uh, B3 uh, has uh, little else. filters. Yeah, so exactly, and, and I think shop. Northern Brewer probably does too. Yeah. Now the last part of of the aeration here I want to talk about, and I don't. This conversation may go nowhere because I've never used it. I just know of the product, and uh, it's similar to what professional brewers use. Professional brewers will do that inline aeration, so it's coming from their boil kettle. It goes through the heat transfer, right. and after the heat transfer, they actually are hooking up their O2 right to the line there and aerating. Every bit of wort as it passes through. Right. Now, to me, that sounds so efficient and such a great way to aerate that I was wondering why homebrewers don't do the same. Oh, they're out there. And that's what I, I, I thought it was maybe we didn't have the equipment. But there is some. Uh, so one I want to mention right now that does it, and, and it actually it has other uses, too. I, I think it might be a chiller, too. But the siphon thing? I'm talking about the wort wizard. Yeah, that's a, like a siphon... 
off of there, that one? I, I, I'll, the way I understood it is it's coming from your kettle. Right. I think it's also a chiller, but don't take my word on that. What I do know is that it has a fitting that you can pump O2 in line so that when you're transferring from your kettle, you can, uh, you can aerate your wort going into the carboy, which I love assuming that you take care of the temperature of your wort like we talked about right. at the beginning of this discussion. Because if you're transferring your wort from the kettle at 80 degrees, maybe... Or 100, it's not, it's, there's no oxygen going to go It's going to come right out. Uh, but I do like, if you have it like, uh, Jamil's got a great chiller set up with the, uh, he uses an immersion chiller with a whirlpool and a pump. It kind of pumps the right. wort back in, whirlpools it around the chiller. It, it's so efficient. He has fantastic results. Now that kind of chilling, I would think that he could benefit from something like an inline O2 mechanism. Well, inline is cleaner. Uh, if you look back, probably on the, uh, the website, there's a uh, that time I brought in all these gadgets. Yeah, and uh, I, there's an inline oxygenator that I had that actually fits in the top of a carboy. Okay, and I use I use that forever. Yeah, and it would just filter right into the carboy, and it would oxygen at the same time. And how'd it work for you? Awesome, really. Yeah, and you can get that at B three. Nope. No, I made that. You one. You had made that one. Yeah. And why don't? Because you don't use carboys anymore. That's why I don't use it anymore. Yeah. And I've, I've, I do some inline, uh, it's just that it's one more fitting I have to clean. Ah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, do a search for Wirt Wizard because the Wirt Wizard is an affordable one that I know of that uh, is an inline aeration system. And like I said, it does something else. I think it was a chiller too, but I think it's a siphon. Just a siphon, and it, then it, it helps okay. pull it through, and at the same time, it oxygenates. Uh, and, and as you're using the the counterflow chiller, it uses the the wastewater to to pull a vacuum. Okay, that's so right. You're it right. Helps pull it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it was. Uh, okay, so. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting thing and wondering why more of us don't do inline uh, aeration like that because it does seem very efficient and you get every – you're touching every part of the work then as it's going through. <laughs> he said touch. <laughs> uh, I think it's just a matter of just getting some oxygen in there any way that you're capable of. Yeah. If you're just – all you can do is shake it, shake it. Uh, if, if all you can – if you can get some uh, aquarium pump in there without a stone, anything. Just make it clean and get it in there. If you have – you want to do the oxygen. Oxygen is going to be more efficient. It's yeah. going to take your time down a little bit. Make sure everything's cool enough so it actually dissolves into the, the liquid. Yes. And uh, actually do it a couple of times. Don't just do it once. I do it several times. I'll do it two hours or one hour, right on, two hours, four if I'm still up. Yeah. And then again in the morning. I'll come out. If it's not fermenting just yet, I'll do it again. When I come home at lunch, the thing's going. And what's the key to that, though? The repeating it? Don't let it ferment first. Okay. If you see active fermentation... Then, then, then don't do it anymore. Okay. Because uh, now you're talking about uh, making your wort stale and... Well, yeah. Your oxygen at a bad time is yeah. not good. But it's great for the yeast at a certain time. It's bad for the wort after that. Okay. You're making compounds that are going to come back to bite you later on. In hindsight, Daniela probably should have gone back. She should have gone and picked up some O2 and re-aerated her wort at when she woke up the next day and nothing was happening. And it would have been 30 hours. Yeah, it probably would have got going again. Uh, okay. Uh, but I bet it still turns out to be a great beer. Uh, let's hope so. Uh, and we'll talk about why uh, we've done some things right uh, that will in our next part of the fermentation discussion, too. 888-401-BEER is the number. Uh, Buzzcut has a question for you, Doc. Buzzcut, how hey. are you, buddy? 
Hey, how's it going, guys? It's Good. going real well. What can we do for you? And doc, you're a fuck for not coming to visit me at Burning Man. Ouch. Um, you know, it goes both ways, buddy. <laughs> hey, I told you where I was going to be. Where uh, were you? Six for... o'clock. Yeah. Right off. There's a lot of crap going on at six o'clock down there. Bullshit. There's nothing going on at six. But Scott, you got to remember that Doc is a—he's a maniac. At uh, he had no—he's lucky he could find his own trailer. Did you see the chariot out there? Yeah, I saw the chariot. Well, I was on it. Wow. <laughs> no, you're supposed to come up and say, "Hey, yeah. I'm Buzz Cut." Oh, damn. Cool. All right, Buzz. What can we do for you? Hey, um, since I'm like at like high altitude here in Reno, where my boiling temp is at. 202, 203. Right. Um, what uh, what kind of concerns do I need to be aware of at high boiling or low boiling temperatures and then letting it sit? Is it just normal stuff, just boil on and go I would. It? I would probably just not worry about it too much. You're going to get maybe a little bit less uh, hop utilization. But I'm, I feel I, I feel that I'm getting a lot of fusel alcohol. That's mostly in the fermentation uh, with that, but it, you might get a lot less uh, uh, hot break if your you know boiling temperature is a little bit lower. And are you finding you getting cloudy beers? Yeah, all my beers are are, are cloudy. I'm not getting the the hot break. I I do a 90 minute. Yeah. Even even with uh, partial extract, and it's not. I don't know. It, it, they're going fine, and the beer tastes fine, hmm. but I'm, they're cloudy, and I'm not clearing them up. Are you using any kind of things to help clear them up and, and failing at that? Um, no, I wouldn't use anything to clear it up. I just make it, throw it in a bucket, and yeah. pray, to, pray to Allah. You might want <laughs> um, Allah doesn't have uh, fish guts in his pocket. Yeah. And uh, uh, The first thing I usually get people on for uh, clarifying their beer is just straight gelatin. Uh, gelatin? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, get the Knox unflavored gelatin. Right. And you wanna let it soak cold so it all dissolves. I would use a half a package in, uh, maybe a cup of water. Put okay. it in a, put it in a saucepan. And then start to heat it up. And you gotta watch it. You don't wanna make jello beer. And get it up to about 170. And then turn the heat off and cap it. And that way it'll sterilize the thing, sanitize it. Right. And then put it in your uh, secondary, rack on top of it, let it go for about three days. If you're kegging, put it in the keg. And probably within about seven days, you're going to just see noticeably clearer beer. And it's the easiest thing to do yeah. as far as clarifying agency. With, with gelatin. Yeah, this gelatin. is the first I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. It, it really likes to like take that yeast, all the proteins from the end. The it just gets the yeast to flocculate out a lot faster. We did a findings show with Colin Kaminsky. You can check back in, into the archives about findings, and we talked about gelatin during that one a, a, a little. Talked about Isinglass and all those sort of things that you can right. do. Um, um, this Pilsner I used uh, Polyclar on it, and it I didn't have to filter it. It's just clear. And where did you get polyclar? Um, I got it from B3. You did? Okay. And, B3, but, yeah. But uh, the easiest thing is gelatin. You can, if you, oh, dang, if I don't have any, the, the the local grocery store has it. So you just get just normal? Normal Knox unflavored gelatin. For and capping comes, of, like, jars like... Right, exactly. 
Jelly jars. Oh, they use it for making, as Jack's saying over here, they use it for, you know, getting your nails stronger or whatever. Right, right. But it's, it comes in little packets, and usually about half a packet's good. Get a small saucepan with a lid, but don't boil it. You, but you gotta get it about 170 and then let it sit there for 15, 20 minutes. It'll sanitize the whole thing. Right. And are you kegging? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, just put it in the keg and rack on top of it. And right. then get it, then let the keg sit cold for, oh, four or five days, and you will see. Before I CO2 it? Yeah. And you will see when you, you, you might, if, as long as it sits cold, sometimes I'll rack it off of that one into another one, to another keg. Just to get the wax out of it. Yeah. Just to get all that out of there, and you'll notice, just noticeably clearer beer. Uh, and it's the easiest thing. It's the first finding agent I put people on. And it's real easy to use. Doesn't mess the kitchen up too bad. Uh, don't do what I did. I opened the keg and go, hey, I still got a bunch of stuff in there. And, you know, I dumped it all out. And I go, oh, damn, that was my gelatin. Mm. And I just put in four kegs. So, But it, you'll notice by far that it'll be a much cleaner beer. But, see, I, I find that, like, I made two batches of Belgian Red totally identical first batch was clear second wasn't i'm mm. drinking the second now but it's it's the quality of the beer is still good but the clarity is it's cloudy obviously yeah there's a lot of things that it could be too well, actually in when you're saying that the, the, the they're, they're not the same if you could do them side by side blind i'll bet you'd taste the difference on the two yeah uh, and, and it's not it, it's not just looking at them either. Um, I mean, with haze like that, it could be, you're talking chill haze. It could have been your cold break, too, not just your hot break, right? right? So, right. you know, depending on how how quickly you got it down to temperature on one versus the other. Are you using well, a chiller? This, this is this is the fast the, the fast beer. Um, uh, was it two months ago, uh, BYOB had the fast break Belgians. Mm-hmm. Where you can make it in a week and drink it, right? Right. Well, this is like two weeks or three weeks in the keg after Burning Man, and I made them two weeks before Burning Man. So they're it's been sitting in the keg for five weeks. Mm. Well, that's just a shame, right there. I want to say no, well, it's not. The first keg, <laughs> that first keg, yeah, they floated that son bitch in. Two hours and there was ten people. Nice, oh, yeah. good work. Hey, yeah. that's kudos to you. Man. Yeah, that that means it's good. Be- that you know that makes you feel good. Oh yeah. It? Oh yeah. When when everybody's drinking the beer out at Burning Man and they're going, you have cold kegged beer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, dude, how long have you been here? Uh, <laughs> ten days. Oh, dude. Yeah. It went down that quick. That's yeah. great. So you didn't make it over to my camp. I had two kegs on. Where were you camped at? Uh, we were at nine o'clock and uh, anxious. <laughs> nine and anxious. You yeah. Were- I don't even know what this is like. Wait, 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 speak. stop. You were near Tokyo? Uh, yeah, right over... over the kind plus of... sign? The big blue plus sign. That's where you were camped at? No, we were by the big seven. The seven? Yeah. Oh, shit, I drove by there every day. Yep. See, I'm, a, I'm one of them Burning Man Rangers that drove. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, we were next We were next to it was the camp, the, the rave camp that woke us up at 4 every... Four right, eight, yeah, I know where you were at. We were you right, were at right next door. Yeah, yeah. All right. Before you two start having an ecstasy <laughs> hand orgy, hey, uh, Bud, yeah, exactly. Thanks for the call, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, use the use the gelatin. We'll catch you next year out there, huh? What's the word? I have a question. Uh, speaking of those clarifiers, because I know that some traditional beer brewing laws do not allow the usage of clarifiers. Right. How do they get their beers clear? A lot of times they just use cold. 
and they they crash them that way. The first thing you want to do is make sure you you brew a clean beer. Uh, you've got to have a good hot break, a real good cold break. Cold break meaning you is the faster you can cool it, the the more those proteins are going to coagulate and drop to the bottom hmm. and rack off that. Uh, that's that's the biggest hurdle right there. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you're mashing well. You're not going to have any uh, starches left over, so your mashing is very efficient. Uh, if you're doing unmalted things, you really want to do an adjunct mash, pull off of that, uh, and all these things build up to that. But you can't make a clear beer out of if you haven't like done all this stuff to begin with. Uh, you also need to deal with well, what is it? Is it uh, protein haze or yeast uh, sediment? Is it going to be tannins that that are going to come through that way? Is it chill haze? All these things can be dealt with. But if you're, you know, you got to go Ryan Heights boat. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they, they do cold crashing or they'll right. or they filter. Yep. And that's and they can't filter because they're not adding things to the beer. Right, right. So they have to cold crash because they can't add things. So like they'll, they'll cold. They can't even add CO two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so they're going to have to. They usually filter. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if they got. Long lagering times, everything will settle out eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you filter on top, don't you? It depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't filter every beer. Mm-hmm. I filter some. I don't filter others. Uh, I use finings on some. I don't use finings on others. Like this one here. Uh, sometimes I just use them. Uh, just a. I, I. I do keep beers more than a week. <laughs> I'm, I'm like Justin, <laughs> pussy. I don't know what's wrong with the good dog. <laughs> Ozzy, how long? Not enough people come over and talk to me and drink my beer. So been keeping Ozzy waiting on for ten. Yeah, minutes. T- turn dog's mic off, with. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. What's happening? Oh man, I'm, uh, well I'm up to number five. That's not what I called in for this time. I've actually got a question for the doc. Okay. okay. Um, there's a product I've got over here. I think it's called Ac. Ac- Quite pure. Uh, I use it when I'm distilling. That they say to put it in the wash, and it um, actually oxygenates that. It's it's pretty much um, just peroxide. Yeah. Okay. And from from I think I went to about grade nine in science. Um, when when peroxide breaks down, it pretty much breaks down into oxygen and water. Is that it's, correct? It's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So if I put that in into a beer as it's fermenting, is that going to hurt the beer or not? As it's fermenting, yeah. Well, why is that where it's? It, I think in theory, but most uh, most reactions don't go one hundred percent. But I think yeah. it might. So, yeah. I I've heard of the I've heard of people who swear by using hydrogen peroxide yeah, as their source of of oxygen. It does. It breaks down into oxygen and water. But you don't yeah. put it in during fermentation. That's why I don't. Well, I don't think you'd want to put it in between in, into fermentation yeah. at that point because it's like adding oxygen. Yeah, you do maybe before. pre-fermentation. Yeah. And is it, ha- have you tried it at all? I've tried it in in the um, in the wash that I make for the for distilling. Yeah. Sorry, I do put I put that in before the yeast. Yeah. Um. Not not during fermentation. I sort of misled myself there. Um. But the fifth w- w- when you're distilling, you you you. There's no flavors anyway. I'm, I'm making pretty much pure vodka out of that, so I'm oh, more worried I about the flavor of the peroxide getting into the beer. Well, let's let's go back a little bit. The, the whole reason we're oxygenating, and when we do it, we're we're making the yeast go into aerobic, uh, basically what they're doing, and we're letting them uh, procreate, and that's what we want to have. We want to have them 
make more little buddies to help us out. Yeah. But afterwards, um, at that point, we don't want to have any. We want them to go into anaerobic fermentation, and we don't want to have them throwing off any bad flavors and stuff. So if you're going to put it in as a source of oxygen, you really want to put it in before... But is so. then I, I think yeah. what Oz wants to know mostly is is the reaction such a is the chemical reaction such a, a thing that the whatever that hydrogen peroxide taste that might that he's afraid of getting it, is the reaction complete? Does it just turn to O2 and it's done? He's not going to taste hydrogen peroxide. You probably should. Yeah, as long as it's a pure source. Okay. Yeah. So if I were to aerate my wort tomorrow with a cap full of hydrogen peroxide. I'm not going to taste hydrogen peroxide. Probably not a cap full, no. Or whatever it's... Uh, I, don't know, I don't know amount. what the dosage would be. But you y- have to do some experiment. But yeah. is the reaction well, such a reaction? Well, there would be a point where it it would uh, equalize. Okay. So you don't really want to put a whole bottle in there probably. But whatever the dosage is, it's probably going to be fine. You're not going to taste it hydrogen peroxide. Probably not. Yeah. In fact, uh, I, uh, Ozzy, the only negative thing I've ever heard about this, because I've never really heard anybody say that it doesn't oxygenate or that they get off flavors. What I've heard is that it's such a volatile reaction throwing hydrogen peroxide into the wort that it might go out of solution faster because uh, it happens okay, yeah. uh, that's what I, I and I, I I don't want to throw out a name because I don't remember who I was talking to about that but I was yeah. really uh, I was fascinated by the fact that you could just throw a little hydrogen peroxide in there to aerate your wort and he was telling me that a friend of his swears by it does it every time the only negative thing he had to say was how sort of violent the reaction is that he, he kind of worried that the O2 uh, that it didn't properly aerate it, right. probably, it, might, it might not dissolve into solution. Yeah, like you think. Yeah, that we need someone to do a um, side by side, and somebody that's got an oxygen meter and actually measure it. Well, it might be a. Th- oh, I mean, you might want to do a taste test and do it in it, mm. more than just one and two. You might want to have to do. You might Several want to do an eight beer in ten minutes taste test. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that might work. Yeah. Come well, on, you take my take my phone away. Yeah, uh, caller, you got a question for Doc also. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you, brother? Hey, I'm good. Uh, sorry crunch. about my mom there. She's pretty trashed on IPAs tonight. Your, your nice. mom's a crazy lady. Nice she's job, trash. buddy. She's absolutely trashed. <laughs> good for her. She, she got in. She got into my IPAs, and she's going, dang, yeah, I, I got to put it on here. Dang, this this is grapefruity. Kind of tastes like a like a screwdriver or something. <laughs> seven, seven pints later, I'm like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Drunken mom talking about yeast bitching. Is it your IPA? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You better put a lock on that tap. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I forgot to tell her they're about 7%. <laughs> oh, that's Oh, right. you put seven down her? Hey, oh, my goodness. She'll figure it out tomorrow. <laughs> All right, yeah, Crotcha. Uh, she's got, we've got to get up at 5.30 in the morning to drive to Georgia. Oh, snap. All right, <laughs> um, what's my question? question for uh, Thank Doc you, is um, I've started uh, culturing my yeast out of the uh, primary. Okay. Um, Pretty much when fermentation is just about done, um, when I'm racking into secondary on the ones that I do rack. And um, what I've been doing is putting them in, uh, like, a uh, sanitized Coca-Cola two-liter bottle. Okay. And uh, kind of squeeze in the bottle, uh, you know, in the middle so to um, adjust for CO2 that's going to be pushed off because the beer's still fermenting a bit, you know. Right. And uh, don't want, you know, the uh, warped, you know, crazy-looking two-liters by the time it's done. Um, They'll take a lot of pressure. Is, what's that? They'll take a lot of pressure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know they will. 
Um, but what I was wondering is, uh, how will the uh, yeast hold up in a uh, CO2, like a carbonated environment? Because that's what they're going to be in by the time it's, you know, it's done. I mean, will the uh, will the cell walls be able to hold up in a uh, carbonated environment? Yeah, it should. Uh, think about what you're doing. Um, a lot of people like to culture from beer bottles from Europe, and they've right. been there for a long time. We don't even know if we're getting the right strain. Uh what are you doing with it after that? Are you going to streak it out and then build it up after that? Um, well, it, really, lately I've been brewing so much that it doesn't sit long. I mean, I just dump the, uh, you know, once it once all the yeast settle to the bottom and you have uh, pretty much fermented beer up on top, um, I'll just pour that beer off a little bit and uh, dump it straight into my next batch. Well, that's probably your key right there is you're using it really fast. You're not trying to build up a yeast bank or anything. No, and it's, you know, I, I brew, and then two weeks later, I'm brewing again. And, yeah, uh, and you're probably fine. Okay. Uh, because you're not re-pitching on top of the same cake. We've gone over this and over this and over this. Yeah. You know, these guys that keep pitching on the same cake. Uh, what you're doing is you're taking a smaller sample off of your primary, putting it in a two-liter bottle, treating it nice, probably keeping it cold. Yeah. And then you're pitching that into your next batch. And yeah. They but now, I've, now I've gotten such a, a massive co- uh, uh, collection of beer, I'm not going to be brewing for a while. I just did 20 gallons yesterday. So by the time that stuff's carved up to go along with about the other 50 gallons worth of stuff I got in the kegerator, I'm nice. going to be brewing for a while. Yeah. i got to do that, too. i got to stock up. Well, if you, what you might want to do is either do a slant or auger plates on that. Make a couple of slants on that. It's time to start your yeast farming now. Uh, and okay. then in a couple so you don't of, think it'll hold up in a two-liter? Because I'm, I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, it's all about education, buddy, and, yeah, I know, and, but and, I, and learning was, new that's stuff. That's what I was really wondering about was if I, you know, the stuff, the 20 gallons that I got now is uh, I, I pitched fresh vials on this stuff. So I want to be able to save this yeast because right. I'm going to have 20 gallons worth of yeast that I can culture here. And I was wondering, you know, if I put it up into, you know, a couple two-liter bottles, Will it be able to, you know, will they hold up in the, uh, in that CO2, you know, environment? Because those, those two liters actually get pretty darn pr- uh, pressurized. Yeah. Uh, you'll probably be fine because you're talking about numbers here. Millions and billions of cells. Yeah. They're not all going to be bad. So. Yeah, I'll end up with at least a liter worth of yeast. I would, I would here. culture up after that. So let's okay. say you're going to brew in two months from now. I would take a sample out of whatever you had. And as long as it's clean, you should be good. Start out with a small uh, Erlenmeyer and move on up. Okay. And do it three or four times and then just start your ratio all over again. And you're right. going to go through it all again. I wouldn't pitch that one necessarily into my into my beer, but I would. the viability is going to go down. Yeah. So you're not going to be the same as if you were pitching every two weeks from that, right. from that two liter. Once you're done with that two liter and you put it in the – in the refrigerator for a couple of months. It, most of them will be okay. Some will be okay. I don't know what. You might get twenty percent or thirty percent viability out of it. That's okay. still workable. Uh, take a take a sample out of that. Do a clean buildup. I would go th- two or three times, and then start that whole ritual you do all over again. Okay. And one other question I, I wanted to ask because, like I was saying with this, is I'm probably not going to brew for a couple months. Um, right. And I imagine, and like you were saying, you know, 20, 30% viability. Um, I, I'm going to have to imagine that a lot of those yeasts are dead and they're going to start the process of decaying. Um, you know, well, am I going to run into off flavors if I dump a 
buttload of that yeast up into a five, you know, five ten gallon bag. Not if you keep it cold, it won't be too bad. They won't auto lice uh, that fast if they're cold. Okay. Uh, and you're only going to take a small sample out of what you're doing. Uh, you're not going to dump the whole thing into 500 milliliters. Yeah. So at the most, uh, you're going to have some some things coming off of there, but you're going to step it up at least twice. So I, I think you'll be okay. You'll have more alive than dead in right, the end. Right, and the dead so. one, exactly, and, and especially on the on the second step up, you're going to be on a lot better off. Yeah. And you'll have oh. such vigorous yeast at that point. That'll be vigorous, even. Vigorous. Thanks, Wait. Crotch. All right, later, guys. All right, All right see Good to hear from Crotch. Haven't heard from him in a, in cool. a, in a Can while. Can we take a break soon? Yeah, we're taking a break, right? I, I got two questions for you because they're still on topic. Ozzy, I'm going to hang up on you. No worries. Cheers, Mike. All right, brother. Bye, uh, Oz. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just because they're still on topic, so but we can do them really quick. Um, what do you think? The gelatin? Yo. Would it work for cider and mead? Should. Okay. Because it, it mostly it takes the yeast out. Okay. Uh, can gelatin and polyclar be applied at the same time? Yes. They okay. work on two different factions. So you can use both for clarification. Yes, they work on two different things. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, I just this one's a good one because uh, it's it's back to oxygenation. Uh, uh, the the person says, "I thought it was preferred to oxygenate your yeast starter rather than the wort," and I thought this was a great little myth to dispel here because you should do both. Both, sir. exactly. Both. <laughs> you want to do both. Uh, every time you want the yeast to grow, that's when you want to oxygen. That's the whole reason you're oxygenating to make them grow. It's that growth phase. Mm-hmm. You want them to get into solution and say, "Hey, I need more buddies in here. There's too much sugar." And that's what they do. That's what they think. They they know how many neighbors they have. Uh but they need the oxygen to start making more cells. Yeah. And that's when you want to put it in there. And here's the thing. Yeast will go to work if you don't give it oxygen. But what it'll end up doing is depleting its own uh, glycol reserves. Is that right? Yeah, they've got glycol reserves, which is their sugar. So instead of using oxygen to do it, which keeps the cell healthy and keeps their glycol reserves there and ready to do other things, if you don't oxygenate, it's going to use all that. And uh, it'll go to work, but they're a little kind of weak and and, and frail and... Yeah, because it's they look like me. aerobic or anaerobic, and you want to push them into the aerobic phase where they have oxygen, and it's a lot easier pathway for them. They have to use a lot less energy yeah. to uh, actually manufacture the proteins that they need. So do your starter, which is another reason that a, a stir plate is awesome, uh, not just because it ke- it keeps the yeast in solution, but it also, cre- if, you, if you turn it to the right setting, it creates a little whirlpool, which will aerate your, your, your starter wort, as it goes. Vortex. And uh, the vortex, exactly. And then, uh, obviously, you want to uh, aerate your wort as well. So you want to do both just to get things going. Daniela, what's happening over there? Nothing. We're just laughing about you picking up my English because you speak of um, oxygenation instead of oxygenation. Yeah, I know. I like oxygenation. I oxygenate my yeast. I got to oxygenate everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been hanging out with you too long. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah, it's terrible. I oxygenate, How am I ever going to go I oxygenate the- vigorously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your English coming through. Here I am going into broadcasting. I'm speaking like a foreigner. Stay tuned. When we come back, I got all your questions lined up in front of me. We'll keep going. You're tuned to the broadcast. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
like sauerkraut with beer. The Danube Waltz brings a tear. It's almost certain, have no fear. You be German, you be German. Blue eyes to frown lines. Dream of poly girls at night. Intervener schnitzel like to bite. You be German, you be German. You've been chosen this October day to be jubilant and to play. You've been chosen, yes, it's true to be a German and true blue. Like to polka through the night, dance to dawn and delight. After ten beers, like to fight while、well, you're a German. You be German. Everybody gets to be German. Let's all sing. We be German, yeah, boy. Let's sing the songs we love the most. We'll drink to that and make a toast. Let's raise that glass and shout proust. If you're stubborn as a mule. It's time to march to the news. Drink till you fall off bar stools. <laughs> Yelling Wunderbar! We be Germans. We sip Jägermeister packed in ice to the strains of Edelweiss. Oktoberfest comes once a year, so everybody celebrate. We be Germans. Deutsch and Yaman mixed disarray. Yaman, reggae polka is here to stay. Later, hosen braids barmaids. It's all the reason to escape the day. Because we're German, we be German. Everybody sing. We be German. Yabol. Yabol. Let's sing the songs we love the most. We'll drink to that and make a toast. Let's raise that glass and shout proud. We be German. Yabol. Yabol. Let's sing the songs. We love the most. We'll drink to that and make a toast. Let's raise that glass and shout proud. We be German, yeah, boy. Let's sing the songs we love the most. We'll drink to that and make a toast. Let's raise that glass and shout proud. I want you to speak slowly, speak clearly, so that I can understand you. You take any prescribed medication, sir? What? Look, cousin, real bud. Okay. Because because alcohol is a time continuing thing, and it just like squishes it down. What did I just say? I want you to speak so that I can understand you. When did you go to jail? That's a whole story in itself. The ceiling here. Did you drop acid? Well, when you, <laughs> yeah. Well, are we burning? Not in、right、this、now? decade, <laughs> but <laughs> no. Burning what? Yeah. Not in this decade. Listen to me. I want you to answer my question. My question is, 
What is adult novelty? Don't let me show you my dip too. That's baloney. It doesn't make sense. The virus going outrageous. Forget it. Much smarter than you are. On your best day, you're not as smart as I am on my worst day. No, no, no. Yes. No, no, no. Yes. Are your services done? I don't think I'm finished torturing you yet. Don't make me come over this counter. No, 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 no. Let me explain something to you, sir. I will kill you, and then I will kill myself. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N Bira. A couple of frat guys from Abilene drove out all night to see Robert Earl Keane at the K-Pig Swine and Soiree Dance. They wore baseball caps and khaki pants. They wanted cigarettes, so to save a little money, they bumped one off this hippie that smelled kind of funny. And the next thing they knew, they was both really hungry and pretty thirsty, too. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, B-double-E-double-R-U-N, all we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and an able driver. B double E double R U N. Found a store with a sign said their beer was coldest. They sent in Brad because he looked the oldest. He got a case of beer and a candy bar. Walked over to where all the registers are. Laid his fake ID on the countertop. The clerk looked and turned to look back up and stopped and said, Boy, I'm not going to call the cops, but I am going to keep this card. The guys both took it uh, pretty hard. B double E double R U N Bear Oh, how happy we would be had we only brought a better fake ID on B double E double R U N They met another old hippie named Sleepy John. He claimed to be the one from the Robert Earl song, so they gave him the cash. He bought him some brews. It's a beautiful day in Santa Cruz. They was feeling so good, he should have been crying. The crowd was cool and the band was prime. They made it back up front to their seats just in time to sing with all their friends. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer ride. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer ride. All we need is a ten and a fiber, a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer ride. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer ride.
All right. It's the uh, fermentation, aeration, oxination. Is that the word, Daniela? Oxination. Hey. Oxination. Why do you show? do that? And the Oktoberfest show. Oxygenation. Prost. Raise your glasses to the Oktoberfest, please. All right. Prost. Prost. Prost to the Oktoberfest. All right. Are we going to sing the song? What a beautiful tradition. It is. It is. We did get dissed by Dave from Hoptown. He's a no-call, no-show. So instead, we're doing the fermentation show for you. And I'm having a good time. I think it's going well anyway. A lot of information. It's an yeah. information show. That's right. Lots of good stuff here. Okay, I've got a lot of things about yeast in front of me. <laughs> you got yeast in front of you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got a problem? So I guess we can go to that. <laughs> And then talk about temperature after that. Very right. elegant. A lot of uh, just random questions about yeast uh, in, in front of me. For example, uh, one listener wants to know, are there any good yeast, uh, uses for yeast that he's not going to repitch? And uh, Doc and I were having a little discussion about this. Um, not really. <laughs> you could use them as fertilizer. Yeah. You know? I mean, any sort of cell, uh, yeah, any sort of living organism. It'll give nitrogen. Yeah. And It'll probably be stinky. I dump all like my fertilizers. Um, all my trube and yeast always goes into the garden. It just always does. I don't. Doesn't I don't you call ever... that place out back. Yeah, it's hey. the garden. Come on, it's a beautiful garden. That's right. Parts no. of it are, <laughs> and, and it's ours. Uh, I remember right. it. You know, it's ours. There were there were Japanese that in there that didn't know the war was over. <laughs> <laughs> We've rooted them all out. And uh, you can put it in there because, uh, like Doc said, you get some nitrogen and stuff and things like that out of there into your soil. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, to me, it's better to put it in the, even if you're not going to grow things in that dirt, maybe someday somebody is, and it's better to me to put it in the dirt somewhere than it is to th- to throw it down the drain. Right. So I don't ever throw it down the drain, I guess is my point here. I always go put Archaeologists it in the Archaeologists will know you brewed beer here. Yes, exactly. So uh, don't throw it down the drain. Why not? Because uh, you because it, it can it adds things to the soil. Mm. Yeah. Are you yeah. not listening to this conversation? And then you <laughs> chime in at the end. You hear one <laughs> sentence that I say. I'm sorry. That's what I always do. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> she's busy like reading uh, them us getting hacked. No, that's on just the... a pattern with Justin. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the wrong. Just tune him out. You should stop hitting Doc's mute button and start hitting yours. You're gonna chime in at the end. I with still that. don't know why you do that. No, I just never turned yours on from the. You were having a conversation over there as the intro was, was coming back. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Why yeast has By discontinued myself. their Rosalaire yeast? Rosalaire yeast. Uh, this person is making a Flanders Red, a Flemish sour. Uh, what yeast should he use instead? I don't use Y yeast much anymore. Okay. Um, a saison would probably be fairly fairly good for that. It's good for a Flemish. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's a tricky yeast. You got, you got to pretty much ferment hot with that one, hotter than you normally would. Okay. And while we're on Saison, I had another question here about that, actually. Uh, can you talk about the optimum uh, temperatures for Saison yeast? And I guess you we're just dealing with white labs because that's what you use. Right. Saison so. um, likes hot. They like 85, 90, something, something you're scary to go up to. Okay. Uh, I know people that they put the carboy up in their attic just to keep it going. They'll do, uh, the normal fermentation early on, but it likes to slow down. Wow. Slow way down. And so, uh, people will actually, I've heard people running hot water over it, uh, 
put it in the attic. Don't put it in the sun or put in a heat blanket on it. Uh, anything, but they're doing 85, 90 degree ferments on it. Uh, but not not at the very beginning. Wow. They're okay. doing, you know, 75, 70 at the be- beginning. And raising and then, it? And then raising it when it starts to slow down because it, it's, it's a yeast that doesn't like to finish. Mm. I've talked to Chris White about it and he says, uh, you know, you, if it doesn't finish out, throw something else in there, a neutral yeast, like, uh, uh. Like a cal or something? Yeah, like a cal 001 or something. I've done that too, and, uh, the results are pretty good with that one. So that's just to get down to your terminal gravity. Right, but some of the best saisons I've tasted from guys in our club are these guys that, yeah, I had that thing going at 90. And stuck it in the attic. Yeah, and they stuck it in the attic, and, and just fantastic. Okay. Because it doesn't like, it likes to finish out at, you know, 1022. Yeah. 1023, and I don't want to saison at that point. Because it I should want it, still be dry. I want it dry. I want yeah. it at 1010 if I can get it down there. Okay. All right, fantastic. So there you go. Get it nice and hot. If you have to, throw in something neutral like a cow. Right. Oil. If you want to finish it out, you know, repitch. Uh, I would repitch at about a ten twenty eight or ten thirty, probably with a with an 001. Okay. All right. How about this question? And this, uh, I think that uh, Daniela did this with her uh, carboy that didn't get started after forty eight hours too. Um, so, uh, and it was advice given to us by John. Slept uh, with it. Here's the yeah, She slept with it, and uh, it got it going. It's weird. <laughs> Magical power. Yeah, well, that works. Get you going. Would there be any benefit to agitating, stirring, sloshing, whatever the wort in the first couple of days to keep the yeast stirred up, other than to be oxygenating? So, not the shake we're talking about to aerate, but to to agitate the yeast. And the reason I brought up Daniela's is because uh, you know one carboy started. And uh, we were talking to John about it, and John said, well, you know what, maybe tonight, just give the other one a good shake, get that yeast up into solution again, the one that hasn't started going, and see how that works, and by the next morning it was going. That Whether could, or not the two are related, I don't know. That could have been a coincidence. Sure. I really think it's yeast dependent okay. on that one, and it depends on when we're talking about uh, shaking that thing up. Mm-hmm. Some yeast like to flocculate early, mm-hmm. and when they drop out, they're not doing you any good. So, uh, but right when we pitch, they pretty much all just fall to the bottom. So, does it help us to shake it up and get them up in yes, there? Yes, it does. It does. It breaks up that clump and and gets them knowing what's in their in environment. And you had even talked about making a carboy stir plate at one point. I have a carboy stir plate. Oh, you do. You yes. finished that sucker. Yes, I did. Of course, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> of course. And you that's did. A, that's what I used as a starter for this uh, this lager that you're drinking. Um, I pitched. I have a three-gallon carboy. Okay, that was my starter. Wow, three gallons of yeast for a. I, I brought it up from five hundred to two thousand, and then I pitched it into a three-gallon carboy. Okay, on the stir plate, and then split that between your two uh, no, ten-gallon. That, that went into the twenty-gallon. The one conical. You're a bastard, aren't I? But see, you get to. I I speak for homebrewers everywhere when I say, Doc, floofa to you (laughs) and your 20 gallon conical. You're drinking what comes out of that. Yeah, no, you're right. I shouldn't floofa. They are all floofa. And tell them what I gave you for your birthday. Yeah, I get a whole brew session with the with the good doctor, and he's gonna uh, lager and store all twenty gallons of the beer. I can just sort of grab grab kegs as I need. He's, all he's got to do is pick what recipe, or hey, we can make a recipe. I'll uh-huh. give him a pro master lesson on that one. Sweet, and anything he wants to brew, yeah, we'll dial it in. 
See, I gotta brew something that's a big pain in the ass. Uh, yeah. Not to not to I'm make not, it hard on you, but because I can't do it. I I'm gonna cut you off at Lambic. You are? Oh yeah. So but I, I can I'm not do, gonna I'm not gonna babysit your beer for a year. But I can do like a like a like a doppelbach or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like something that I can't like. Like I could do here, but it, you know, it wouldn't come out. Anymore. I wish oh, yeah. you did a Belgian style beer. Might do a Belgian. You love the Belgians. Yeah, I bet you. And you like, need somebody see, to supervise your brew. See if we did Doppelbach now mm-hmm. around Christmas time, that'd be so. Sweet. No, I see, don't I wanna, think that'd be nah, great. I, I really want Doppelbach. It's not your gift. I don't care what you want. <laughs> but you should make me happy at all times. I, I'm not what getting in on this. With you? <laughs> I'm not getting in on the middle of this. Doctor <laughs> Scott, I mean, we're talking about my birthday gift, and you're saying no. Your birth- I don't want. When's that. your birthday, Daniel? November twenty fifth. Well, good. We'll talk about it then. All right. You're a big Jackass. Pain in the ass is what you are. <laughs> You're a dork. Here's a, good, here's a good question, Doc. What should I do when I lose my oxygenation stone in the carboy halfway through? Uh, get your other one out? <laughs> yeah. That is a good question. Uh, it, it, it sanitizes stainless steel. Leave uh, it. Pretty much you can't use a, a magnet to get it out of there. Why? Because uh, it's stainless steel. Ah. And it, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not a magnetic. Of course. <laughs> so you're you're done. I know. I just was testing you. Oh. <laughs> I would just just leave it, and if, if you got another carboy, you can actually just use the hose and bubble it through. Yeah, it just won't be as efficient. Right. So just and, leave it. Leave it be. And put. A, I would put uh, some uh, tape on it. That says stone in carboy. Yeah. You dork. And because you so will, that when you, you dump your carboy in the garden, like right, you just talked you will about, forget it, and you're going to lose your stone. Yeah, you don't want to lose your any stones. But right there, before you get any more drunk, put it on the carboy in some like masking tape or something. Yeah, this person Talk uses it. a vacuum pump to bubble fresh air through the wort. They want to know if that's any good. Well, only if it's well. I have a vacuum pump for other reasons, but uh, your, not, not your, those reasons. Your penis pump? No. Is that what you're talking about? No, I use I use it actually uh, on a Buchner funnel so I can filter things. Okay. But uh, I get a lot of uh, odor coming back from that pump from the the grease that's in it. Okay. So, and if he's using a vacuum pump, he's using it on the other side, uh, uh, on the exhaust side of it. And, you know, these things are stinky. Okay. I don't want that in my beer. Okay. Uh, maybe with a filter on it, but I, I wouldn't, wouldn't do that one. Go buy a $10 aquarium pump. It, it's not even that. You can go 795 for the small ones. Oh, well, it's really not much. Okay. And, but spend the money and get a, get a little filter to put it on there. Alright. What effect does fermentation pressure have? And what's the deal with this? I've talked a lot with uh, several people. Talk to us about, explain what fermentation pressure is, That we're, what are we even talking about? Uh, well, the, the fermentation is giving off CO2. You cap that off, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have pressure. Even if you put uh, a bubbler on it, uh, airlock, it's going to have some kind of pressure. Yeast don't like that, and they, and they sense that. Okay. So they're going to be happier with no head pressure on that whatsoever that's why the big cool ships yeah work. the the flat open bottom open top things with a lot of surface area work so well okay but you got to have a lot of a, a sterile room to do that yeah. yeah uh but there's other guys that advocate just putting a towel a wet towel with a sanitizer on it over the bucket 
You could just put aluminum foil over the top of your carboy too, right? That's what I do with my starters. I don't use a, a airlock on my starters. Yeah. I just put aluminum foil over the top of that one. Now, I always use airlocks on my carboys for fermentation. Right. Why am I doing that? <laughs> to be quite honest, why wouldn't I just put, if I'm not supposed to have pressure, why wouldn't I just put As long as it's positive pressure coming out, you're probably okay. Yeah. Uh, one issue is when you're cooling it down, mm-hmm. you're going to have a negative pressure and it's going to pull air in. Oh, okay. And that's the only thing I could see. But yeah, you should be able to just put uh, foil over it. Most things that are going to get in there are airborne. Yeah. And they're usually falling down. Sure. Kind of gravity kind of thing. So they don't have not, wings. No, they yeah. don't. And they're not going to crawl. Yeah. So if uh, the air is not positively drawn into that thing, you're probably okay. Okay. And, but the fermentation, neg- uh, just neutral pressure yeah. is what the yeast do best in. And how much more, I don't know. I haven't done any uh, tests on that one. But from I've talked to Chris White... Uh, a couple other, uh, John Palmer and a couple other people and they, they really do think that that's a good thing. Especially with lager yeast. Uh, they really think that, you know, they're so finicky. Yeah. Uh, they're a whole different breed. They're, I'll tell you what, that is yeast bitching. It is. Lager yeast are bitches. It is. It really is. If you want them to do what you want to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're the high maintenance, uh, girlfriends, what they are. Yeah, you remember my old, uh, my old analogy of the difference between lager yeast and ale yeast? Ale yeast, I'm gonna give it again, just in case anybody hasn't uh, <laughs> well, checked I don't out know this what you're archive. Talking about. I did, it's, it's, it's in the archives. Ale yeast, they're like strippers, alright? You can do whatever you want with them. You can fling dollar bills at them. You can take them with you. You can leave them there. They don't care. They're strippers. Do they're, what you will. They're, they're gonna, fine either way. They're going to perform. That's right. Either way, they're going to perform. They don't care. It could be cold in there. It could be hot in there. The strippers are going to town. It doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? Right. Lager yeast, they're debutantes. You got to take them to dinner first. You got to talk real nice to them. You certainly got you, you make know some promises. You got to make some promises. You got to sweet talk them. You got to say I love you, baby, and all that stuff before you're going to get any action out of a debutante. Hence the lager yeast. You yep. see what I'm saying? And Doc, I'm right about oh, this. Oh yeah, it's a good analogy. <laughs> he said. He said that you got your strippers, ale yeast. Have a good time. Do what you want. You got your debutantes, lager yeast. Be careful and be nice. Yeah, but what do we prefer? The easy, cheap, dirty way? Yes. But see, if you treat the debutantes, <laughs> well, you know what? You'll always be drinking ales for the rest of your life. That's okay. No, because Doc brings me lager. <laughs> <laughs> because he's a man of style and class and awesomeity. Yeah, who needs all that? <laughs> German heritage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you, but I'm right. You're oh, totally yeah. right. Uh, you know, you can treat the debutantes mm-hmm. as a stripper, and you're going to get out of it. That's right. Worse. <laughs> That's right. Then if you, yeah. You're not going to get a quality lap dance out of a lager that you treat like a stripper. No, yeah, the, the debutantes are not going to give you a quality lap yeah. dance. So that's that's the difference. I just can't wait for you to write a book. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> and I'll tell you, a lot of people are thinking the same thing right now, <laughs> and What are you going to name that? Lager, <laughs> Vigorosa. In fact, I might sell my little uh, comparison. I, I, in fact, I will let, because of all the information he's given us, uh, I know that Chris White is working on some things, maybe a book, something like that. Uh, I will allow him to use my comparison when he's talking <laughs> ale and lageries. And I'll tell you what, I'll bet you he'll be stoked about that. <laughs> 
bet you you're right. What if I've ever actually given him my analogy? Uh, no, next, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I bet you that he would kiss me on the mouth for that analogy. That's how good that is. But I bet you he would always prefer to lager. Yeah, well. On the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You got high hopes for people, Daniela. Good, good for you. I'm leaving you, by the way. <laughs> Again. Hey, just because I know the difference. All right, this person wants to know. Uh, hey, I smacked a couple of uh, 1056 Y East packs. I know. You, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll give it a go here, Doc. I know okay. uh, you don't use the Y East. Uh, he says he smacked them about three or four weeks ago, uh. and actually ran out of time to brew. He wants to know if he now sort of took that and put it into a starter. Could he still use it? Yes. So let's yeah. talk theoretically, since we don't know specifically. Yes, he could. Theoretically, he could, right? right? Because they've probably come to life and then just went right back to sleep, right? Well, yeah, that or they're starting to die. Yeah. And he's probably going to go back to how much um, vitality he's going to have. Even at 10%, he's yeah. better off than no percent. Okay. If just he, wants to, doing if a he starter. wants to save the four or five bucks. Yeah. Sure. But uh, maybe go buy some new smack packs. Well, if, he wants to, if he's a smack pack, and then throw it all in. It's much easier, and that's why he's doing it. If he wants to do a starter, yeah, it's it's a trade off. Okay, in both you know time and energy. All right, it'll 888. work. Eight 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 four zero one beer is the number. You can join Daniela in the chat room too by hitting the chat now button on our homepage. And uh, all these questions are coming uh, from our listeners right now, so you too can join in. Uh, you ever read anything from Greg Noonan, Doc? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, this is an interesting question. I like it, uh, and I wanted to give it to you. And I only bring up Noonan because he says, Greg Noonan talks about skimming off the scum that forms at low croisin and the foamy head at uh, late croisin. And which, by the way, I don't think we should call it scum. I'm just giving his words. He says, I have a six-and-a-half-gallon carboy with a five-gallon batch, and I can't get to the top of the beer to skim it off, because uh, we all know what a carboy looks like. Uh, is the removal of the scum really needed? I'm assuming that what Greg Noonan's actually talking about is taking off the croisin so that you can have some really good viable yeast like uh, Mike McDowell uses uh, and, re- right. and re-pitch it. I, is there another reason you would take off the croisin? Well, there's other things that come up to the top. There's hot particles, okay. um, some proteins that All you right. want to take off. And there's some proteins you want to leave in there that are head retention proteins. Uh, you know, if it, it comes down to is it worth it? Yeah. You know, he's got a carboy. He's going to you know stick a tiny little spoon in there and you know spend 45 minutes getting that out of there. Potential for contamination. It's a big thing. Yeah, uh, that you you're gonna get contamination in there probably. I wouldn't do it. Have you ever skimmed anything off of the top of your carboys? Not not the not in the croissant. I, I like to skim on the uh, the boil. The boil. Yeah, I'm just I'm a skimmer. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah. You got me doing it, and then then I, I I drilled you about it later. I found out that you're just a freak, and I didn't have to be doing <laughs> that. <laughs> Hey, you're drinking it. Yeah. Uh, no, leave that stuff in there, man. Just let it's it go not, to It's town. not worth the trouble Yeah. on that one. Um, if you're going to be – we have a, a friend uh, that what he does is he puts the blow-off tube right at the top of the liquid level. Hmm. And the straw just kind of blows off these yeasts that come right to the top, and he calls that super yeast. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. And he puts it in, and he blows it off into a sterile uh, container. And he probably gets, you know, an inch or two on that that comes off of the croissant. He just keeps that, that straw right at the top of the liquid. And he uses that to pitch into his next yeast. And 
his lag times are just amazing. Yeah. And the beers are amazing too. So for yeast harvesting, it's a it's a it's a great little method. It it, it works great, and okay. he 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 showed me what he does, and when he says super yeast, he yeah. means it. And by the way, the man's beer is fantastic. So right. uh, let's let's just mention that. Uh, okay. Well, the person is the 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 person who had that question is now following up and saying that Noonan says that the scum there gives a harsh and bitter taste. That's the uh, hop proteins that. Yeah. that can rise to the top. If you watch uh, when your first croissant comes up, it's kind of green. Yeah. And you want to get uh, a, that's basically vegetable matter. Yeah. That you want to take out of there. Okay. Uh, we've talked about the different pellets. Like the T90 and the T45 pellets. Okay. Uh, it depends on how much vegetable matter that they leave in there. What's the difference between the T... We're talking hot pellets now. Right. The T90 and, and T45. Most, mostly what we see, I think, are the T45s, which are uh, the standard... Okay, and, but the T90s have uh, more of the lupulin glands okay. and the hop constituents and, and less of the leaf and I things see. in in them, uh, which kind of leave that vegetable kind of vegetative kind of flavor more of it out. And uh, when the fermentation starts, you watch on the top of the croissant, and there's just there's there's hop leaves and yeah. green stuff on top of that. One. Sure, so I can see trying to trying to get that off of there, but you know what? It's, in the carboy. In a carboy, it's yeah, tough. Yeah, and I, I worry about contamination. Yeah, on that point. So we're not arguing that Noonan is right about those flavors. In fact, that's why we talk about transferring as clean a wort as possible, right? So that you don't have too much of that to deal with. So, so Noonan's right about the the, the flavors. It's just that uh, we we don't uh, the 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 risk of contamination is too great. So you got to look so. at the payoff yeah. on anything, and yeah. is it worth it? If you are in a uh, sterile you know, room like uh, Jamil has in this kitchen, and you're wearing a mask and gloves. Yeah, have a safety word. Yeah, then you you go for it. Then you can do it. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I normally no. I don't think it's worth the trouble. But get a nice clean transfer. You know, and the other thing is, uh, I like you know people who don't know about homebrewing. You show them your carboy when it's done. Uh, I like to show people my carboy every now and then. Yeah. You showed me one that was just really dirty. Yeah. <laughs> a dirty carboy. Well, I got a couple different sizes of them, and I like to show my big ones. <laughs> and uh, my crusty. point here is uh, if you see a uh, wort, or, well, now it's beer, in a carboy that has uh, you know just about finished fermenting, and there's all of that crap the, stuck to the side of the glass. The Croissant ring. It makes people nervous. They're like, you're going to drink that? And I say, well, yeah, you know, you should see the inside of the fermenter that you bought your beer from. You know, uh, the company that made that beer you go buy at the stores looks a lot worse than my carboy. I guarantee just the amount of it. Anyway, my point here is a lot of that junk's going to stick to the side if you get a nice clean transfer. All that you get, you get dead yeast and you get hop material and all sorts of stuff. You just junk sitting to the side. You get a nice clean transfer. Uh, you know, if you're going to do a secondary or even if you're just kegging up your beer, you're leaving a lot of that crap behind that's going to cause this bitter taste. So, uh, like Doc said, the payoff here is not worth opening up your carboy for 10 minutes and sticking a spoon in there. Now, once you've had one uh, contaminated beer, yeah, you'll do anything you can not to do it again. That's right. That is right. Okay, here, here's a good question for you, Doc. Just pitched, um, he says, a half cake of uh, WLP 810. It's the Cal Lager. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, pitched it at 70 degrees. Wants to know now, do I leave it there until Croizen? 
shows, or should I start cooling it to 60 degrees now? Does he want to wait for fermentation to start like that? No, I, I would I would start going down. Just go right now. to town on it, right? Uh, it's not my favorite yeast at all. Okay. Uh, most people use that trying to get a lager at ale temperature. I still get an ale. Is that right? You won't get that beer you're drinking okay. out of that in, in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Uh, you're still going to get fruity characteristics with it. It won't be as fruity as using a an ale yeast, but... Yep. Um, I don't like it. It's the it's not the fix all for what most people are trying to get out of it. Okay. Even I I even fermented that one at fifty five, and because I I had that, and I didn't have it, and I pitched two different conicals. Okay. I pitched a, a southern ale, southern German lager, and I had a, the San Francisco lager. Pitched them into two different conicals. Uh, because I, my conical, I couldn't get one of my conicals down below 55. Mm. It turned out it had a bad chip on it. But uh, the other one I got down at 48. Even the San Francisco lager at 55, Still. The, the comparison was, same wort, the comparison was just night and day. So the uh, deal with this yeast is to hopefully get a lager out of ale temps. Yeah, um, but at, let's go back to his question. Yeah, so uh, since at, he's using it. At 70, I would start fermenting it at 65 or, or below. Okay, so, so he should crash it If you just now, pitch it, yeah, yeah. just start. Move it down. Start moving it down. Okay. They say one degree an hour. Yeah. Put it in the refrigerator, it'll go down one degree an hour. Yeah. So don't wait for it to... And, and now this is the other thing that, uh, you know, with any yeast that, that Chris White was talking about, um, it's where he says it's okay to pitch warm and bring it down to temp is because you're not actually fermenting when you're bringing it down to temperature. So waiting until Croizen shows, you're, well, now you're well into fermentation. Right, and, and most of the, all the ester flavors, the fruity stuff that yeah. maybe you don't want in your lager you're are already it. there. Okay. And it's too late to start mowing it down. Um, Drop if, that sucker down. If you got the the equipment to bring it down, just make a lager. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how far or how well you can control it, but as uh, Justin said, uh, you don't want to mess with the debutantes. That's right. No. Uh, Strippers, yes. They're, they're picky. <laughs> debutantes, no. Strippers. Oh, sorry. We're still. On <laughs> I thought we went to break. I'm, I'm sorry. This about in your that. head. I'm really sorry about that, guys. <laughs> and me. And you. Are you still here? <laughs> I'm still here. Okay. All right. Another question for you, Doc. Uh, can the shape uh, and size? <laughs> it's all about the size. <laughs> the shape and the size. And the size. It's about the brewer. <clears throat> the shape and the size of a fermenter. Affect the course of fermentation. And they want to know, for example, a conical versus a carboy or a cylinder or other various styles. So we think about that. Um, yes, but not in the homebrew situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's got uh, a 10 foot conical that's probably 36 inches and 48 in diameter and 10 feet tall, it's going to make a difference. But if you're difference between a carboy, something flat, yeah, uh, it's not really going to make a big difference. You're not going to see that much difference. This that. is more a professional, uh, like a, 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 a large quantities of beer being made question, yes. right? Def- def- it, yeah. yeah, it will make a difference if you're doing uh, seven barrels. Yeah, if you're doing it in the homebrew situation, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, if you're worried about shape of vessels and things, worry more about your boil kettle. Yeah. Uh, it was told me a, quite a while ago that. Uh, in your boil kettle, 
It's better to have a tuna fish can than a soup can. Really? But when you're talking about fermentation, it's kind of the same with fermentation, but uh, usually space is an issue. Okay. When you're talking about seven barrels. And sure. Thing, and they have those tall conical things. And, yeah, that does make an issue. Because I've heard – the reason I, I even brought up that it's more of a commercial beer thing is that I've heard uh, people talk about uh, – Long and flat fermenters right. being a, just a fantastic vessel to ferment in and changes a lot of things about the flavor of the beer. But who can use one of those because well, of the space? They can't. Yeah. Uh, Sudwork over in Davis yeah. uses a cool ship kind of thing, yeah. long and flat. Um, uh, Anchor does, but not many people do that anymore. They, the space is more of a premium. Yeah. A lot of the brew pubs are in the high traffic areas. High traffic areas are higher rent. Right. So you got these tall, conical, cylindrical, uh, fermenters. Uh, pressure goes way up when you've got a lot of fluid over the top of you. Yeah. And we were just talking about pressure on yeast during fermentation. And it doesn't have to do with just atmospheric pressure or head pressure. It's also got to do with the liquid pressure. Yeah. And, Tall and conical is not great for the yeast. I'm going to go ahead and make another analogy here, Doc. Okay. So what we're saying here is that if you're in the porn business, <laughs> yes, i.e. commercial beer, mm-hmm. right? Mass production here. Everyone's going to going to see it. Size matters. You know, visually and 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 everything else. Size matters. I think that goes across the board. Yeah. Let me if tell you. If you're just doing it at home, you know, you're with your wife or your carboy. See my analogy? Wh- whatever, right? okay. Size doesn't matter so much. You just go to town with whatever you got and everyone's going to be happy. Because that's all you have. That's all you have and everyone's okay with you in that scenario. You make it work. Yeah. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that's very I- untrue. It's not a good analogy? <laughs> no. Size so it doesn't work at home either? Size matters. Damn. Always. It was a good effort at another good fantastic effort. analogy. Even at home? Yeah. Even at home. <laughs> You can't wa- even make, with your carboy. But you can't make up for it with technique. No, <laughs> no, listener. Wow. <laughs> Good lord. All right, we're going. I, th- I think you need just a broader band of experimentation to really come across and have that no <laughs> attitude. Right. I refuse to say anything. We're going to take a break so I can smack Daniela around a little bit. <laughs> I thought you were going to smack me. <laughs> oh, I want to say one thing about uh, Crazy Jack's beer. I just took a big drink of it. My, my, my. That was awesome. All right. We'll uh, talk more about it when we come back yes, from the break. Yes, we should. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. around what's that sound the voice of the brewing underground i rush home what's with the abacast stream god damn it's almost time why don't you work fucking thing it's 502 i reboot ass hat itunes i hope justin made the free fm commute i'm on thank god not a moment too soon holy shit i just got booted out of the chat room i won't rack motherfucker when you do your risk in 02 i'll hail the book of jay-z do like i told you do what you say well okay at least mostly and hit that fucking whirlpool vibe to roast sometimes i don't and I won't bitch more than a little bitch Violent 
a tweet Shit that likes lands and arrow bit Damn, my east will not move And fucking booth being rude Boom, that goes the blow off through And fuck this old chap I want out Just in chest That goes my chocolate stout And I never wanna hear the word run high Skip about I give up 50G, why don't you push eject me I'm screaming Gucci When G pushes me off the screen Jamil, JP, Johnny G I can't think, I can't think But then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear Screaming drink Motherfucker drink Motherfucker drink The BN His world flock, there's no my box into the mass. Goes a butt crack like a true breeder. It's like a pale ale, my man, Boogita. Floop of you beard herds, that's how nice you just heard. The only man I know whose name is a cuss word. Come hanging with Jays, I'm a jest and haggerty. And no one understands a word Daniela says. Either biscuit, the pit bull, or code right in full. We'll sniff your crack if you got the Jane hat. Do line itself, where's my hat? Go tip pound mad bet. Trans is a little fat and lunch me some grab ass. And what about Crouch Rock? He's more than just down the block. And then there's homegrown hops, he's missing just like ours. No, I don't know, I can't see, I can't see, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear. Screaming, who's gonna be out in the desert with me? I could have mixed it with chocolate and vagina. It still wouldn't help. Drink! Yeah, but yeah. again, it just kind of, it really weakens the beer, though, in general, putting the lime in Yeah, and that's why. I mean, normally, you know, you take it, you shoot it back hard, yeah. and it comes into your mouth, mm-hmm. and you swallow, and it's still coating your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my songs I have casually mentioned The fact that I like to drink beer This little song is more to the point Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow Makes it feel mellow Whiskey's too rough Champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear This little refrain Should help me explain As a matter of fact I like beer He likes beer my wife often frowns when we're out on the town And I'm wearing a suit and a tie She's sipping vermouth and she thinks I'm uncouth Why yell as the waiter goes by I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer Helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much. 
But to put my mouth in gear While this little refrain Should help me explain As a matter of fact I like beer Last night I dreamed That I passed from the scene And I went to a place so sublime All the water was clear And tasted like beer Then they turned it all into wine I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much, but to put my mouth in gear. All oh, this little refrain should help me explain, as a matter of fact, I love beer. The Brewing Network, saving your life. One beer at a time. Alright. Drinking good beer out of kegs. I switched over to an IPA now. I've been drinking Doc's pills the whole time, and now I got O'Sully's IPA. Uh, just cause I can. I feel so spoiled after the after the party that uh, I got five kegs out there. I got to live it up while I can, right, Doc? Yeah, you got a lot of kegs out there, buddy. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was very happy for you. I tried to put together this birthday party for Justin, and I knew that all that mattered was the selection of beers there. Yeah. So I kept calling all these people, and then Dr. Scott came through and said, yeah, I'm going to bring some nice stuff. Sean O'Sullivan, Triple Rock, everybody donated some beer for you. Your oh, Belgian. Yeah, we had more beer here than people. I got yeah, the- <laughs> seriously. I mean, there was no, maybe true. like there was maybe like thirty, thirty-five people, but so much beer. Yeah. I got that bomber from Triple Rock still. Yeah, you're still hugging that like a baby. Maybe we ought to put that back later tonight, huh? That's a good one there. Yeah, I just was stoked. We told people like, hey, don't bring gifts, bring beer, and it's got to be a variety. <laughs> we were like, listen, don't go to the grocery store and buy a twelve pack of something. Right, you got to bring stuff like. You know, and they did something out of selling. Everybody they did. did. Everyone brought. Something we got some it. nice six packs from people. We got all those kegs from people. Hey, I don't part with my beer easily. I know it, but uh, you did this. <laughs> <laughs> Several jockey boxes out there on our back porch. It's beautiful. It, it, you know, we are very fortunate. That's scary out there. You walk out there. <laughs> I could pull from five taps. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you could probably pull from one, and I'd even leave the living room. That's right. <laughs> 888-401-BEERS, our number. You can call up and uh, ask any questions you have. We are going to start wrapping things up here. I think the last thing, I, I got through uh, pretty much all the questions here. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, some fermentation temperature things. And go ahead and use Daniela's beer that she brewed, which, by the way, uh, Daniela brewed for the Queen of Beers competition, yes. which is coming up next month. Which is very funny because uh, we were looking at uh, your beer. Uh, you were looking at my beer? Yeah, well, among other things of yours. But, yeah. uh, most, well, at that point in time, we were looking at your beer. Yeah. And, uh, Justin was telling me, uh, what temperature it was. What, when was it? Mm, Friday. 9.02 on Friday night. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, he said what temperature it was about crashing it. Right. You had just crashed it. 
Thirty-two. Yeah. No, you're cashing it to forty something. Forty-eight. Well, no, you well at first I crashed yeah. it to forty-eight. Right. And then and I, said, I said that's not enough. You need to crash it down to about thirty. Oh, that's what you said. I didn't even hear you saying. And, and Justin goes, I can't touch it. <laughs> that's I'm true. not allowed to. I'm not allowed to He's touch not. it. He goes, I, you, you can't even give the information. Yeah. I can't. I cannot say you're not allowed to have assistance. Those are the rules for the Queen of Beer competition. They are, I know. You're allowed to get assistance beforehand and take a bunch of notes, but then you got to brew your own beer and take care of your right. own so beer. Well, and you and helped me carry the heavy stuff. I mean, but he was so hands. He was so hands off with that. <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because I just, you too. I mean, but that's the deal, and those are the rules. And I'm big into this Brewers Code, man. We don't just yeah. talk Absolutely. about the Brewers Code here. I believe in the Brewers Code. And you know what? It's fine because um, the last competition when I won my silver medal, I was really proud because I knew that I won it myself. Yeah. And if I would have to think, well, but somebody helped me and somebody yeah. this and that, then I would not be as proud anymore. So yeah. it's cool, even if I don't win anything, even if my beer should suck, it's still my beer. Yeah. So you know, it's a learning process all the way through. But they don't suck. They well, don't you. Suck. I don't even think that Bach sucked. <laughs> well, yeah. don't bring that Bach up again. <laughs> I like that. I I thought it was so Bach. It was it was <laughs> terrible, it was a, terrible, it was a rock and terrible Bach. thing. That what, wasn't what, even a stripper and, Bach. And did you just like pour it out? <laughs> uh, no. Well, I had to because it was infected. No, 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 the no, 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 no. That's Yeah, the only we finished the first one, the one that you liked. Well, you yeah. did. We finished. Right. I finished. We, when I say we, I mean I. Uh, me and my beer gut. Uh, the other one, though, actually wasn't. It was contaminated. It had to get dumped. Yeah. yeah. But that never happens again. No. Well, so. I'm, I hope not. I'm really, I'm really careful now. Well, the point was that you are brewing it for the Queen of Beer competition. Yes. We are going to use it as an example in temperature here in Queen just a Daniela. second. But I wanted to mention that that's coming up in October. And next week, Beth Zangari, who is, to me, the Queen of Beer. And to you'll find her in Zymergy Magazine every month. And she does a lot of those uh, when they do the beer evaluations. Side-by-sides, yeah. The side-by-sides of commercial beers. And they give you their scores and their whole thing. Beth is is, is one of the number oh, one. She gets, so much, she gets so much respect in the beer yeah. world. As she should. Easy. Yeah, we've met Beth a few times now, and this woman has a palate that's unbelievable. Yeah. She has she has a very special way in talking about beers. She has a yep. very broad understanding of beers, and she's just awesome. She uses I great love descriptors. Yes, absolutely. To, she's to yeah. Help. You know, she doesn't just say, "Oh, well, that's a hoppy beer." Yeah, no. She uses fantastic descriptors. Really gets down to it. So we like her a lot. She's a and, and on top of all that, she's a lot of fun. We've yeah, had some she fun is. with her. We met her for the first time at the uh, National Homebrew Conference in Florida, and I've seen her a couple times since then. She's going to come do the show with us next week. So I want to put this out there. I'm going to announce it again at the end. Uh, listen, this is the show to get the wild and the girlfriends to sit down with you and have a party with us next Sunday because uh, it, it's really going to be it's about women in brewing and it's about this queen of beer competition and we're going to talk about all of that so so if ever you need to uh, really get the wives and girlfriends to sit down with you and, and, and listen to next week's show because Beth is going to I think she's going to turn them on to beer I think oh, she's. Yeah. Uh, I think she's. Uh, she's really going to uh, explain why this is not just a male uh, uh, dealie that we. So, do. Mrs. Hanning, get your friends. Get your friends listening. over. Uh, all you, all you guys who have trouble uh, with the wife because she thinks you you spend too much time in the brew house and it's too much of a guy thing. Try to get her to, to tune in for a little while. We're going to see what we can do and, and see if we can if we can help out. Listeners want to know if you're going to be entering in the Queen of Beers too. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to get the sand out of his vagina. They God should see you. You're like the manliest man ever. Thank you. That's yeah. right. I, 
I feel like it. <laughs> right now. Right now. Right now. I feel very manly. Bub. <laughs> hey, Bub. Bub, what's happening? How drunk is Daniela? <laughs> to call you manly? Yeah. I've met you. <laughs> she, she, she did it with a wink. I've met you, he says. You're a son of a bitch, too. Hey, speaking of meeting you, I, you know, I remember leaving your house and you're yeah. like, you're invited back for anything. I didn't hear about this birthday party beforehand. I know. Where was yeah, You could have done that 24-hour thing one more time. Now, that's because I know that you got another bun in the oven, and we probably got you in as much trouble as we possibly could the last time. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Bub, you want to make the announcement? Yeah, it has a wiener. His new wiener. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yay. Bub, too. Yeah. Bub's so funny because I call him uh, during the week. We were working on some stuff with the website, and uh, and he, he's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't get back to you. I was at the you know the doctor about the baby. Uh, it has a penis. Get the stem on the apple, baby. No, no, yeah. no, I did not say it has a penis. What did I say? Uh, is that not what you said? No, I said it's got a cock. <laughs> oh, that's what he's like. It's got a cock. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just so funny because most guys are like, oh, we're having a boy and it's a boy and whatever the hell. It's got a wanker. Yeah, all Bub has to say is, it's got a cock. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, what else is happening, Bub? Uh, you know, uh, I don't remember. I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What was I? Hey, Bub, what room of the house are I, you in right now? I'm in the... Family room. Okay. I am going to cut out that segment of this archive. He was like, I don't remember drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the statement. <laughs> and I am putting I, that I right next to Doc. I called for some reason at some point. I don't remember. Oh, wait. You saw a shiny object, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to remember, I'm ADD, so if yep. I'm on hold for more than, like, 40 seconds, I'm, like, playing yeah. with I don't even need 40 time. seconds. I'm now going to uh, run that clip right next to this. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's very, It's right up there, bub. <laughs> boob. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boob. Congratulations, boob. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So what's the little sucker do? On my birthday in January, January 29th. All right. Oh. That would oh. suck, huh? If you... If he was born on my birthday, it'd be the third generation on that day. That can happen. Oh, really? With modern medicine, yeah, you can make that happen. That's I would, I would bet heavily on that, and then induce. Well, no, my, my, there's no induction involved. My wife says this one's getting cut out. Oh, because well, then you can plan that. Because as long as it's not think, on a Saturday, because they don't want to be doing that. They want their weekend. So, yeah, I, I think the uh, my first child's father was Shauna Sullivan because her head was giant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're getting cut out from now on. Yeah, yeah that's right. The wife's like, I am not going through that again. 28 hours or whatever the hell it was. Oh, no, the second one's Maybe. easy. The second one's like, oh, we're at the hospital. What? Right. It walk out. Yeah. Oh. I had a little cane and a top hat on. It's oh. the outpatient oh. thing. Good I started spreading the news. Oh. <laughs> hey, Boob, how's your girl doing in the competition? The storm the, girl, whatever she's called. Oh, uh, yeah, she got out. She <gasps> got booted. No. She got booted. No. Yeah, I heard her on uh, one of the radio shows the other day. They were talking. Hey, do you know that she's like she's like 47 or something? No. She no. looks, like she looks 47. She's like 41. Yeah. 41. What? Whatever. What's the difference? She's Dude, old. she's freaking hot. <laughs> Dude. Uh, seriously, oh, no. she writes. She writes like sex advice columns. She does. Reads and writes porn, <laughs> and she can sing like that and look like that at the same time. Dude, she's hot. Is your uh, is your wife have tattoos and stuff? 
No, I'm not into ink at all. She's got ink all over. I know, I know. <laughs> so what's the but deal? She, you can look past she, that, right? Well, yeah, I mean, if she can throw me up against the wall and beat me around a little bit. <laughs> I did I'll, that and you I'll didn't get off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. She just didn't tell you. I thought you were into the, I thought you were in the whole I'm not satisfied thing, so I put it up. You know, I just like beating you up. That's disgusting. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I see that she's hot, bub, in that sort of like, yeah, like throw you against the wall kind of thing and then write porn about you later. That's funny and funny. Right. Uh, but it's the ink that, uh, although... No, I, uh, I'm not a fan of ink. I, I really yeah. am not. But uh, on her, I, I can look past it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You watch that Miami Ink show? Yeah, they, okay. There's another one that's got ink that I'm not all that... Uh, disappointed about is that cat chick. That cat chick on Miami Ink. You know what we're talking about here, Doc? No. She, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the inks. So I don't watch that because, you know, it's the tramp stamp thing. It is uh, a tramp no, this stamp. Is, she's is, not only she's, got ink all over, but she does ink. Like, that's her job. Well, well they're doing fantastic, it. Fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, she's pretty cute. She's good looking for the inky girl. I, yeah, I she's all ink too. You're, you're, you're yeah, dressing yeah, them up yeah. and you can take them somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, hmm. we're supposed to be talking about beer, I guess. Oh, were well, we? You know what? Most people get their ink when they're on beer. That's true. Not anymore. <laughs> no, not if you let them know. If you'd have to cover it up. If you go in okay, smelling like yeah. alcohol, they shut you down. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's if you go to oh, the please, one next I, to the college. Yeah. If no, that's not one, true. If Come you on, go if, to the biker ink joint, trust me. Okay. Well, yeah. Up. Maybe if you go there, slap down five hundred bucks. It's I'm a be medical thing. For an hour and a half. It's like a doc, though. It's a it's a medical thing because it, it thins your blood and you bleed like mad if you go there. You're hammered. Not, you will not bleed out. That's only if you want clean needles. Dude. No, this is seriously. It, it, <laughs> you don't care about clean needles. It's you can more go to hammered. do with them yeah. because they don't want to deal with uh, the blood. A little more, but you won't bleed out. Yeah. It's yeah, just, it's just more of a hassle for them. them. Daniela's right. got a tattoo. Really? It's on my vagina. <laughs> Can I see it? She's no. got a, she's got a skull <laughs> across her vagina. Big, but that's the only one I got. It's a big skull. And, and Justin has never seen it. Is it, obs- <laughs> <laughs> is it obscured? It's a, is it what? Obscured. Uh, can you see it? Yes. Yeah. If you look at my vagina, you can. <laughs> No, I was I was going on what part of? It's outside. It's on. It's not on your vagina. What is wrong with you? You always say that. You know what I say? She always. We went to a comedy. I'm alluding club. to more information. Now listen to this. This is great. We go to a comedy club. This is Daniela's lack of English at work here. And the guy's real funny. He's a, he's a good guy, nationally touring act. It's a pretty full room, and he starts talking you about tattoos. And yeah, we saw Carrot Top. He starts talking about tattoos, and he asks the audience, you know, who has tattoos. And some person raises her hand. He wanted to know what females have tattoos. That's what he was talking about. And he talks to her for a little while, and he goes, "All right, who else has a tattoo?" And Daniela raises her hand, <laughs> and he says, "What is your tattoo of?" And her answer is. It's on my vagina. 
He yells this across the whole comedy Everybody club. Everybody was laughing, though. This guy could not have asked for a better answer to what is your tattoo of. If you're a comedian, she answers, it's on my vagina. It was very successful. We got free tickets for another show. And they invited us back and everything. What is wrong with you? They wanted Just to meet us after rest. the show. Yeah. I think the proper... I mean, then the, been no. Basically, the I, comedian then stopped and laughed for five minutes. <laughs> I know what it meant. I just thought it would be a funny thing to, and a dramatic thing to break for five seconds and then just say, it's on my vagina. <laughs> Isn't that a funny thing to do? It was funny. Well, I, think, I think about 80 people thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Except yeah. Justin. He was sitting there. Oh, man. <laughs> I was all right with it, actually. It was kind of cool. It would have been funnier if Justin said it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a skull? It's on my vagina. It's a skull? No, it's not a skull. You got words, right? It's a picture of David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> with the BN hat. <laughs> It is. Actually, most vaginas, uh, with, with or without a tattoo, look a lot like a picture of David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Danielle, <laughs> your first and only tattoo, that's, that, wow. I want a tattoo and I want it right here. <laughs> What's your name again? <laughs> what can I say? Now you got like words. Yeah, I got words. Yeah. I need to be a tattoo artist. Yeah. No, I'm telling you, you do. No, you don't want it on your arm, honey. Yeah. You, want it, you want it right there on your vagina. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it's anybody It's a picture of it. my dad. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh. That's what that cat girl does on the tattoo she show. She does, and it's freaking amazing. She does portraits of people, and they're fantastic. They look... But you'd think it was like a picture. Yeah. they so like d- literally a photograph. So it's like somebody that's going to die soon. I'm going to cry every time I look at my tattoo. Yes. Or it's people that have already that? died. She does those, too. Like, people come in with those. Mm, no, I want Santa Claus died. on there or something. <laughs> I'm going to be happy about <laughs> the whole happy. life. <laughs> Yeah, no. People come in and get they get their father who died or, or or their or their children. Okay, who would who you get? Passed away. Who would you get? Oh come on, I don't portrait like that. wise. All right, I know. Who Assuming Justin. I would get a portrait, so it, that, that's the first because the, a number that's one is, is that I would not. I wouldn't get a portrait. No, uh, no, I'm talking about a portrait. I know, and I'm saying that I wouldn't. But uh, since we're talking hypothetical situation here, uh, it'd be Bub. I'd get Bub. <laughs> <laughs> get him on your well, ass. It'd be small. Yeah, I'd get a get him on your ass. Tiny little bald Bub. Out of get my a ass. tiny little tattoo. <laughs> and it would get all the chicks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you, could, you could say it was your little uh, midget brother that I died think, in a car accident. I think butt cheek and butt cheek with Bub back there. <laughs> You know what I thought about? I thought about getting a por- if I wanted something meaningful, meaningful that was a portrait. I would get my dog the biscuit. But here's the problem. Oh come on! It's because if the biscuit was a was something other than a pit bull, it could work. But she's a pit bull, so then people would just think I was trying to be cool and like thug. Ish. Are you telling me you would get the portrait of a dog? Put it around. You couldn't your... be any more stupid than you just were, no. dude. No, <laughs> just, just it's a vicious put bull. Yeah, put, put it around your cock. Put it around. <laughs> I just see, and then it's not cool because I'm not that. I'm not cool enough to have a picture of a pit bull. Is my point? You're That's dude, my point. No, you're just not dumb enough you. to have that. That's the point. No, I would. If it was another, if it was she was a German Shepherd, I'd get a German Shepherd. Oh come on! I'm having a picture of your dog somewhere is just stupid. No, I like that. No, it's dumb. What would you get, Doc? Papillon. 
Yes, then it'd be fine. Doc, what'd you what, get? In that whole of? genre of somebody that meant something to me yeah. and portrait of somebody that. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It uh, is tough. Jerry Garcia, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's not tough. It'd be Dad? Oh, no, no, it's Grandpa. Who's that guy on your shoulder? It's Jerry. Well, back in the 20th century. Yeah. There, there, there Let's this smoke guy. up a bowl real quick and we'll talk. We'll about talk. It. You got any tattoos, Bob? No. Come on, ink man. Come on. No. You got other I things. got a couple. Got a couple piercings, but no, no ink. You Ooh. should get a tattoo of your new baby's penis. <laughs> I don't think he's big enough for that. <laughs> don't want him to show me up. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got to get back to beer. I think before people <laughs> get people get angry. They're it's like, oh, ta- you're the not tangent thing. You're not talking about beer. You go off on a tangent. Hey, <sighs> Justin. I got a good question, anyways. Okay. Um, Just to move on with the beer stuff. Thanks, Boop. Genie Boop for the question, Doc. Or are you done with Boop? No, no. no. Uh, Thanks for uh, the call, Bub. Yeah, no problem. Hey, right, Bubby. Bye, Boop. See ya. Uh, by the way, Boob is uh, has been helping out uh, really a lot lately. He helped out with the store and a lot of things. I want to thank Bub, and all of you should thank Bub too. Uh, but that's not why he got out of the airtime. That's not we why. We just like him. Yeah, he's a good dude. Been helping out a lot. What? He's, Go he's ahead, drunk. Doc. What do you got? Oh, I was just thinking about. I'm looking at your outline here. And that thing says listener beer tasting. Yeah, but uh, we're ever gonna get to that stuff? No, because we didn't get to it. At well, the we're break. tasting crazy jacks. Yeah, well, You're yeah, crazy jacks in front of you. That was good. <laughs> All right, here's a good question for you, Doc. Okay, eight 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 four zero one beer is the number. Go to the chat room too to ask these questions. Does crashing the secondary have any effect on bottle conditioning, as far as the yeast that might be left over? They want to know. Crashing the secondary have any any effect on bottle conditioning? Okay, it's um, a good question. I don't bottle condition much mm-hmm. or ever. Oh, uh, or th- like this either. half that we're, we've been drinking, but you know the principle. That's a different thing. Yeah, uh, it has to do with going from primary to secondary, and you're actually segmenting out the yeast. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that flocculates first. It will drop out in the primary, and then you're going to get the the less flocculent stuff in uh, the primary or the secondary. So excuse me, and so you're actually segmenting out that population of yeast that uh, has different characteristics yeah. from from the uh, primary to the secondary. And when you crash it, you're going to even pull less out of the solution, and when you bottle, you're going to have less there. So you might want to repitch. Okay, and that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, would you then want to not crash your secondary, or you would want to crash well, it to a get a clear people, beer? Well, a lot of people want to con- bottle condition with a different yeast. Yeah. And that's one way to do it. And, and actually, you can use that uh, as an advantage to you. Um, with this half that I did, I, I pulled out uh, some unfermented wort. You helped me. Mm-hmm. And I, I I got it cold about 34, 35, and kept it cold until the other beer was done fermenting. And I repitched it back into the conical. Yeah. And actually, I put it into the uh, the carboy, uh, excuse me, uh, the keg. Put it in there. Then I repitched because I knew that crashing it down as far as I did, I might not get the vigorose. Uh, ferment sure. that I wanted to, so I repitched. But I repitched with the same yeast. Yeah. But if you want to have a cleaner beer at the end, and you want to, uh, you can actually take your beer 
and do that uh, carbonation part at a cooler temperature, mm-hmm. you might want to repitch with lager yeast. Okay. And it'll give you a, uh, an extra bolus of yeast that's much more healthy mm-hmm. than what's been through the ferment, even in, through the secondary. Uh, I get a lot of people... I met Justin. His first question to me was... My beer is not carbonating. Yeah, that's right. That, that was the first conversation we had together. That's right. Hi, I'm I'm Justin. Why is my beer not carbonating? And I was bottle conditioning. And he's bottle conditioning. Yeah. And part of it is yeast health, part of it's temperature, and that kind of thing. And if you're going to use a different yeast to uh, bottle condition, yeah. And you want to crash at the same time, I would I would repitch. Okay. And I would think about repitching with a different kind of yeast, something cleaner. Uh, maybe even a, a 001 okay. or possibly just a lager yeast. That would be great. And how do we know how much yeast to repitch for that? I would just, you don't need much to bottle condition. So just one vial in there would be oh, fine. Well. So if you're you going to take from starter. your carboy and put it into your bottling bucket, you'd throw a vial into the bottling bucket and stir it all up? Yeah, if he's going from a secondary, he's going primary to a secondary to a bottling bucket, yeah. which is what I've kind of always done. Yeah, uh, it gets a cleaner beer. Yeah, and then I would repitch with if if I had a temperature control and I could put it at fifty five degrees, I would repitch with a lager yeast. Okay, keep it, keep the bottles at fifty five degrees. A lot of these guys are out in the Midwest and winter's coming up. They got that cold basement. Yeah, whatever. It's going to take longer. Okay. It's going to take six weeks to carbonate it. So more, more than your average two-week right. ale. But it's going to be such a cleaner beer. Okay. It's going to be nice. Great advice. Fantastic. Uh, Mrs. Henning wants What's to know uh, a little about the Queen of Beer Show. What's happening? Hey, Mrs. Henning. <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey. Oh, not a lot. How are you? I'm fine. And you? Doing just fine. Thank you. I just wanted to call and tell Daniela that she was going to have some competition because I was going to enter the Queen of Beer. Good girl. That's awesome. All right. Nice rah, rah, you. rah, baby. <laughs> are, you gonna- in, are you entering that uh, popping cherry nonsense you got over there? You know it. You are, huh? Yep. Uh, uh, so that stuff's last. You guys haven't drank it all? Nope. Uh-huh. Good for you. Oh, uh, you like uh, huddling over that so you, nobody gets it? That's right. Ah. So you're all lined up, huh? You're going to enter the comp? Yep. What category does that go in, you know? I have no idea. Fruit yeah, beer. Fruit beer, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. I like to see that, and that's what we're talking about here. And Beth is going to be talking about the same thing. So you're going to tune in next week then? Um, if I don't work. Ah, forget work. <laughs> hey, at least you're not in the, in the library anymore. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's true. Forget it's about work. There. All right, Mrs. Henning. Uh, so what's up with GABF? Are we going to see you there? I don't know. You don't know yet, huh? You're so indecisive tonight. You've been drinking? No. Damn. I've been working all night. Now, I know that we got you brewing, but you didn't really like to drink beer. You've been drinking beer lately or what? No. No, you still don't like to drink it? Nope. What about your own? Do you like your own? No. You don't even like that one? Nope. But you're good at it. Come on. No kidding. <laughs> Actually, I think what you need to do is brew something you like. Yeah. And most of us brew what we like, and we don't care what anybody else thinks. That's right. right. But I haven't found anything that I like. All right. Well, you keep at it. Don't you worry. Well, you'll uh, find. So there's so much beer out there. We're halfway there with Mrs. Henning, because we got her to brew, uh, now we just got to get I'm, her to drink. Usually it's the other way around. We get them to drink. Yeah, and not and to then brew. Get, and, and then finally get them to brew. Yeah, they're backwards out there. Oh, well. <laughs> right? Well, we got hope for you. 
All right, so tune. You got to tune in next week if you're not working, and uh, definitely please do enter the Queen of Beer competition. I think that's awesome that you're going to do that. That I will do. Thanks, Mrs. Henning. Yep. All right, we'll see you. See ya. That's cool. Cool lady. Enter that competition. Get your uh, significant others to uh, join you next week and tune into the Queen of Beer show. All right, last thing I want to cover here, I just want to talk uh, real quick about uh, fermentation temperatures. And we've talked about it on the show always. Everybody knows. If you don't, you know, listen close. Fermentation temperature control has been uh, the main thing that we've talked about on this show since Jamil sat down with us and, and, and did our first show. Uh, so... Daniela and I finally took the advice after a long, long time, and it wasn't just a matter of not taking the advice. It's cash and, and that whole thing. And I thought it was, you know, you didn't get enough scars. Uh, we just, you know, uh, didn't have the money and all that, and I'll tell you what we did. We finally got a free chest freezer. I, I saw that out there. I'm so proud of you. It's it, it's working great. Uh, it wasn't exactly free. We had to move a bunch of furniture for it. You're young. You can do that. <laughs> yeah, we were out doing that. Lest you think that I'm just sitting around uh, hoping for my big ticket to... Uh, 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 getting out of this uh, place is coming my way. That's not true. I'm lugging people's furniture for fermentation coolers over here. And uh, we did get one, and uh, we're now waiting to see the results of, of that temperature change. But I do want to say that the ease of use has been just amazing uh, because we, uh, for a long time, we talked about using the uh, the very budget method of putting your carboy in a garbage can full of water and ice. And that did work for us in a relative way. We could keep the temperature within a few degrees. It's labor-intensive. Labor-intensive. If we slacked off for a day, then we had some fluctuation in temperature that we really didn't want. Right. Uh, this is just a piece of cake. I set the dial to one thing and, and it's done. You're it just, done. It just goes there. And, and it's just, it really is all important. So I just, to, to sort of wrap up our fermentation thing, we talked about the aeration and whatnot. I wanted to make sure that we say, uh, any means of fermentation control is it, it you really want to do whatever you can to make it happen. And we waited for a long time. I did a search on Craigslist when we were finally just ready to do it. I found one for 75 bucks. It was a full chest freezer. She ended up saying, if you help me move some furniture, I'll give it to you for free. I said, done. I'll be there in a second. Yeah. And uh, did just that. And uh, I think you should do the same. Just uh, keep an eye out on the classifieds. Uh, maybe you don't have room, but uh, you, there's smaller versions of it, all sorts of stuff. And... Uh, Temperature control is. I just want to end with that because it's so important. I think it's everything. Yeah. Yeast don't like to roller coaster up and down. If you can keep it, set it, forget it. That's that's the best thing. Most people start out with uh, no fermentation control whatsoever. Put it in the corner of the kitchen, whatever it may be. The next thing they're going to do is actually use the bathtub and get bitched at. Yeah. You know, with the, with the t-shirt over the top of it or ice in the bath. Yeah. And you know what? You're coming home, you're babysitting that thing. It's like, you know, the puppy. And they're all good steps to get to but, fermentation control. Right. So please do those if that's all you can do. But in the end, get yourself it's a all, It's all about doing get the that. And when you get that set, it, then it goes down to ease of doing that and set it and forget it. That's right. And I love to set it and forget it already. It's, it makes, you don't fear the brew or the after brew. I'm going to brew on Tuesday. See? And I'm doing the set it and forget it. And I'm doing a batch sparge. Cool. Just telling everything. Much easier. Daniela did a batch sparge. It was so much better. Travis, what's happening, brother? Not much, man. I uh, 
fucking working. I just had a question for y'all, so I figured I'd call in even though I'm at work. All right, do it. What are you doing hey, at work? I'm fucking pulling a train. Uh, just, uh, are you actually, is you, are you moving? No, he said, yeah. he's, said he's pulling a train. He's in San Francisco this week. <laughs> huh? You didn't know? What's the word? Uh, What's the question? Hey, I, I've, got a milk, I've got a milk stout going right now. Okay. And here's the thing. I wanted to pull the yeast from that after I rack it into a keg and use it in a cider. If I wash that yeast real well, am I going to get any of that flavor into my cider? Or if I get all the trube out, will I be good? That's a good question. Doc's, well, Doc's I'm, thinking, I'm thinking it's it's. I don't I'm know what your te- I don't know what your techniques for washing are. What? How how would you wash it? Just sterile water. Mm-hmm. Just wash it a couple times with sterile water. I don't have the ca- capability to acid wash really. I We've talked about that before on I here think though. You'd probably be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering how much of the flavor the yeast themselves actually carried. So. I uh, I think about the gravities too, and you and uh, when you're doing that. You never want to go back down, so it was in a stronger gravity. Yeah, the the milk stout was about a one. What was it? About a one fifty-five. Cider's going to be about a one sixty. Yeah, you're probably okay. And the cider's got a pretty strong flavor to it, so I, it, actually, if you wash it, you'll be pretty okay. You yeah. Know? And the thing is, you'll probably be, brew an awesome cider that you can't duplicate. Yeah. Well. Oh well. You know, I I can't duplicate it anyway because I get different mixes every year with my cider. Yeah, so, oh, apples, that's good, so. a good point. So there's you know there's no duplicating the cider anyhow. Hey Lufa, are you on the train right now? Yeah. Can you blow the horn for us? Hang on, let me open the window. Let me open the window so you can actually hear it. Yeah, we want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> there you go. He is on a train. Yeah. <laughs> He's totally on a train. That was awesome. Are you using the locoverter? Uh, yes, actually I am. Awesome. I'm going to tell you what, right now I feel like a seven-year-old who just went to the train yard with my grandpa, and I, <laughs> I am so happy about that uh, train horn blowing. That's awesome, man. You look happy. <laughs> That's just yeah, cool. Yeah, try, try hearing it a few hundred times a day. Yeah, then you're just sick of it. Are you, like, sitting in some residential neighborhood <laughs> right now, too, that you just blew that thing? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Uh, you know what? You'll be gone in a couple of minutes. They won't care. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. They shouldn't live there. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Don't, don't buy a house by the airport. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're going to be okay. You should just go ahead and clean it. Have you cleaned yeast before like that? Yeah. You have done. So you know the whole method anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good there. I just, I've, I've always gone from lighter to darker styles. I've never tried to go backwards. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Uh, what what yeah. kind of yeast is it? Ah, it's cow ale. It's just a cow ale. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. I usually worry about um, the strength of the alcohol content from yeah. one beer to the next more than the color. Okay. It sounds to me like it's it'd be fine too. You know, it's a and, clean and, yeast. You, know, you should anyway. probably send us a little just so we can evaluate it. Yeah, maybe I'll well, do that. Yeah, my cider from last year ended up being vinegar. So no. Well, let's uh, test I'm it first. Not to do that again. Yeah, you have to go back and listen to the cider show. Yeah, well, I know where I, I know where I went wrong. I just I tried to pull a natural fermentation using the yeast off the apples, and that just did not work well at all. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, you know the other thing. Uh, now, why wouldn't you want to throw some? Uh, uh, when we did the cider show, if I remember right, we were talking about like champagne yeast and things like that. Just if you want, I'm to, just yeah. trying to end up with a sweeter cider. Okay. I'm, not wanting, to get, I'm not wanting a real super dry cider. Okay. 
when you when you use champagne used on a especially apple yeah. cider, yeah. It, you almost strip out all the flavor. It smells pretty good, but just, okay, just tastes like nothing. Okay, now that yeah, makes sense. And want a I sweeter just, one too. I just really don't want one that dry. So fair enough. All right, do it, Doc right, says. Brother. The good doctor oh. says, go for it. Cool, cool, and then, cool. And then send us some samples. Yeah. Yeah, I need. To, I got a few things. I ought to drop you guys a whole box in the mail. Why don't you just take the train on out here and you know, bring them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll hop right on that. <laughs> All right, Lufa, thanks, brother. Uh, later. Bye, Lufa. That's Bye. Cool. Lufa's a good dude. You didn't even he's say great. floofa to him. Nah. Can't say floofa to loofa when he's being cool. <laughs> I only say floofa to loofa on the uh, on the forum. Floofa to loofa. That's where we say floofa to loofa. Uh, that was cool. He, I'm still stoked about him uh, tooting a horn. See, that's why I like you because you look much happier talking about a train horn than when you talk about strippers and hot chicks on the TV and all that. You're a good dude. Yeah. Well, because the train thing he doesn't know too much about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, so it's actu- exciting. It is actually Justin. He cares for that <laughs> stuff and it makes him very happy and that's adorable. No, I'm serious. I, I'm actually remembering when I, I wasn't just making a bit. I was, when I said I, I remember being in the train yard with my grandpa, I do. He bought me that uh, stupid engineer hat. Lupa says they don't wear those I, anymore. No, but I wore mine when I was seven. <laughs> and I and man that oh, I like Lupa did when he was seven too. <laughs> yeah. And I went to the train yard and I got to look at the new ones and the old ones. It was like a show. It was some sort of a train show. They used to have those back then. Yeah. They don't have them anymore because there's not enough trains not around. Enough trains, not enough grandpas. In this yeah, country. Not enough grandpas too. And I went to this train show. I was stoked. I got to walk in all of them and they just tooted that horn. That was cool. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's my highlight of the show. I'm pulling that out for my version of the greatest hit stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's too cute. All right, quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're just going to wrap things up. I think i got a couple of questions left in front of me, and uh, we're going to call it a night after that. Uh, cool. 888-401-BEER is the number. You can uh, still get in a last question if you want to. Maybe we'll check in with Oz and see how he's doing. And uh, then we'll wrap things up and get out of here. Talk Thanks about for Denver, and that's it then. That's right. we got to talk about GABF. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. I like the dog. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the bit? Don't let me show you my bit. I like the dog. Alcohol is a time continuous thing. It just like squishes it down. I like it though. Put that on again. Okay. Alcohol is a time continuous thing. It just like squishes it down. I like it though. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? I'm empty again. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip too? I like it, dog. What are we doing? And let everybody know what we're doing. Yeah. As soon as we know what we're doing. I like it, dog. Back on, on again. Okay, good. Back on, on again. Okay, good. I like it, dog. Maybe you can come on and see us. I like you, though. I like you, though. 
Don't let me show you my dip. Don't let me show you my dip. Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip? Uh, did you cut? Did you cut the dip? Uh, did you? I'm on. Thank God, not a moment too soon. Oh, oh, mm. There's no one in the room, right? No. All right. That's a really hard line. You wrote it. What's with the Abacast dream? God damn it. Oh, these are really hard. I'm just going to have to do this a bunch of times. Who wrote this shit? You know what? Go ahead and start me over. And just trash that trash that whole tape. Hit that fucking whirlpool, Viga Rosely. Holy shit. I need some air. Damn, my yeast will not proof in my... Oh. oh my god, I'm so white. Proof and fucking boobs being rude and my kid pulled the I gotta say that a whole lot faster. This whole chat room I want now. Justin, shit, that's a lot of words. 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Ow. I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Jum, blah, blah. That's the end of that. Then we're off into the pseudo chorus. I just got booted out of the chat room. Uh, I was so in the groove on the last one. That was crap. Holy shit, I just got booted out of the fucking chat room. <laughs> Did you have to laugh? Sweet shit that likes life and arrow big. Damn, play you still not proof and I'm a <gasps> out of air. Doc's little voice in my ear screaming. I realize that I'm missing two whole bars of lyrics. Damn, play you still not proof and fucking boobs being rude, my kid. <gasps> I, that one's impossible. I think I can't think, but then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear. This is where it just goes, falls apart. I don't know how this worked in my head. Motherfucker, drink! Drink! Oh, man, it's... Yeah, that always kind of irked me. You're this guy like, drink! That part's easy. It's how do I fit all that other crap in there? All right, that's probably good enough for now. Oh, that's funny. Is that you? Oh, that's me. Shit. I'm throwing down an angry rap song. Oh, what time is it? Probably within the next 20 minutes. I love you, sweetie. Okay, running out of time. Just got booted out of the chat room. That's the gay version. Okay, don't even think about putting that on there. <laughs> this is just pathetic, isn't it? Look at the two jerk-offs. Too bad I don't have like a good ripping fart right now or something. Wait, uh, I'm actually touching cloth. <laughs> Doc's little voice in my head screaming! Are you going to have to burn him, man? Kill JP. <coughs> it really sounds like I'm not in the pot, doesn't it? What? I think it does. Oh, let's just defend. Take a crap. I'm out. You're listening to three guys. Excuse me. What about me? Yeah, sorry. You're listening to three guys and one girl. Use a radio show as an excuse to drink more beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Yeah. Wrapping up the fermentation show. Wrapping up the, uh, Dave No Show Fermentation Show. As they mentioned mentioned it again. And you know what? It's a good thing you're not bitter. (laughs) 
don't like no shows. That's a very first no show, no show ever, right? Well, well, they usually come up with an excuse just before. Yeah, or I can get a hold of them. Like on, like we had another no show that day, a no call, no show. But as soon as we got on the phone, the person Colin, Colin, yeah, because yeah, he just jailed. It was like he just forgot, and we See? called him up, and he's like, "What can I do?" And he got on the phone like right away. Yeah. But this person, I can't even, uh, I can't even do that with. So we'll uh, see. What's the reason? You know, I'm might be saying. a good reason for it, it. Could, and that's fine. But I just, uh, you know, I don't need to sit here and make excuses, do I, Doc? <laughs> hey, Ozzy. Hi, Matt. Hey, you're back. Hey, hey. never left, baby. Never left. Got to, got to win that drunk of the week. Yeah, how you're are working you? on it. What time is it at your end? Um, uh, what is it? One o'clock, one p.m. Oh heck, it's after lunch. Oz, did you stop yeah. working on Mondays again? No, just no, not Monday. really. Just, <laughs> just the last just, two. Just last week and this week and next yeah, week and, <laughs> and the next fifty-two and the weeks. Week that, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Oz. I don't work on Monday either. So you got no excuses, Doc? None whatsoever, except for I got to get home. You're at home. Yeah, well, that's one excuse. That's that's not a good one. How are you feeling? <laughs> Does your wife drive? Well, she won't come and get me. Yes. Well. And she'll also say, uh, don't come home. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, she'll, she'll go to the other end and say, don't get drunk enough so you can't drive home. Mm. Damn. You're well, it, it, you know, she'll have to, like, rouse the old kitties out of bed and like, drag him all the way over here. And, here. You know. Hey, uh, just camp on that couch. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can help us answer this question that came through earlier sure. in the show. This person says, if you stress cannabis when growing... It produces uh, more of the of the good stuff. Would the same apply to hops and lupulin? Should you stress your hops to create? Not so, not so much on the hops. When you're doing it with the cousin, yeah, you're um, you, you're feeding it some nutrients. Yeah, but you you got to be careful doing that because your bud size drops as well. I see. You you, you yeah. yeah you got to stress them with uh, what kind of nutrients you're putting in there, and you you will change. Oh, the yeah. fertilizer as it goes. What does it even yeah. mean by stressing them? Like you starve them of something? Yeah, you starve them of something, you give them a little more of that. Uh. Yeah. The, with, with the cuz, the uh, pH range is, is more important than what it is with, with hops. I see. Or so I'm told. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or so yeah. I've read. Yeah. All right. Yes. And just empirically, when is uh, the best time to harvest? With which one? The cuz. Because it's it's about the um, the bud. There's a certain um, sort of coloration comes into the bud. The little hairs go a little bit brown, mm. and then you uh, you take a bit of a sample or so, I believe, and yes. uh, you go from there. Yeah, the sample always. Uh, <laughs> that's actually yeah. the nice thing about so, the cuz is you can easily yeah. sample, whereas sampling the uh, the hop plant takes an entire brew session. Oh no, no, you can make a, a hop tea. I, I make a hop tea with mine to see how they're going. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, well, how do you take a couple ha- of buds off? And uh, what is it that you're looking for out of that hop tea to see how it's, how it is? Uh, bitterness and flavor. Just by drinking the tea? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's a good way. That's kind of a Brian Hunt approach to the grain, where you where you should eat the grain to know what your beer is going to taste oh, yeah. like. Exactly. It's well, the same when thing you with go, the hop When you're going to have him back on, he was a great great guest. You know, I did speak to him. Uh, he's a busy guy and has a lot of things going. Um, when I spoke to him, I, I will admit he was a little concerned that uh, we would use him for shock value. Uh, <laughs> Which wasn't our our intention the first time. It just happened to end up that way. 
Um, <laughs> but then, I, but I spoke. He was down to do it. I just we gotta we gotta agree on a date, uh, and yeah, uh, so he, right. he'll be back. I, I can't give you a, a, a definitive. answer I think to you that. know just let him know how much positive feedback we had on him. Yeah, which it's. So much positive. Well, he doesn't hold it against us. I did see him actually just not too long ago at the IPA festival at the Bistro in Hayward, and he he was great. He was very cool, and we had a few beers together and had a lot of fun. So he's not holding it against us. He just, you know, doesn't want to be the the out there guy all the time and uh, you know uh but the the truth is the guy knows uh, just a ton about beer and uh that's what we'll get him back in here for so uh, i think i was the main offender i'm ripping on him but i I listened back to the show and and it was a really good really informative show i I won't hear him again yeah no he's he's a good dude so uh and you know what'll happen he'll come back and everyone will show him that respect too and uh and then I think he'll just he'll love it and I want to come back all the time. So uh, that, uh, that's cool. Do you know what will happen? He'll come on, I'll have another Monday off, be drunk by eleven o'clock and start ripping on him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well we have to just schedule it for you guys to be yeah. here at the same time. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, that When are you great. coming back anyway? I'll be back next uh June. Ah, oh, sweet. Next uh, for the anniversary yeah. party. Coming for the summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just can't make it beforehand. I've tried, but I can't make it. Before. You gonna drag Dyer with you? I'll try to. Okay, good enough. Yeah, uh, Doc, you want to answer that question you got in front of you before well, I hang you up to, on us? You need to ask it. Go ahead. Well, basically, the question is: uh, Can I explain the difference between attenuation and real attenuation? Which is you just sounded Australian, by the yeah, way, didn't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an excellent question. Who put that one in? Who put that one there, mate? <laughs> Uh, it's actually uh, real attenuation and um, apparent attenuation. Okay. Uh, the problem is when you uh, ferment something, alcohol gets involved with it, and it lightens the gravity. So uh, it, it gives you an off kind of kind of reading. Okay. Which is why you can't use your refractometer on the final brew. Oh, you can't. You can, but you can't ask you. It, it the the refractometer tells you what you are, which is the real attenuation. Okay. Instead of the apparent, where your uh, hydrometer gives you the apparent attenuation. How much alcohol uh, did you make because of how much sugars you used? Okay. So we go from starting gravity to finishing finishing gravity, and the finishing gravity, uh, we're we're thinking, well, that's sugar to sugar, and it's not. It's sugar to sugar lightened by the alcohol. And what about fishing gravity? Yeah. <laughs> is that different too? Fishing? Yeah. No, finishing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but if you, with the, with the high, uh, the refractometer. Yeah. It tells you sugar to sugar, which is your real attenuation. What, how much sugar you've used. Okay. And you throw some alcohol into that solution and it lightens the load on it. So it, it gives you a lighter value than what you think or yeah, than what you think. Okay, so for FG for our finals we we would a more accurate reading is our hydrometer in terms of what well, we, we understand. Hyd- we do the hydrometer thing and that, and that is um change so we can we can put it in our brain so we know what what works. Okay. Uh if you do uh champagne yeast, yeah. And or uh, something with that will really make something very really dry. You can get below one. Yeah, one is supposed to be distilled water, and if you put alcohol in it, you will get below one. So um, the real attenuation is actually from sugar to sugar. So how much sugar you've used from ten fifty six down, and actually you're probably down to 
lower than that. And when you put alcohol in it, it floats it up a little bit more because it makes the the solution lighter. So your apparent attenuation is going to be different. And most brewers uh, only really have to worry about the apparent attenuation because you're using your hydrometer. And that's what our brains are into. Our brain is into, I want my beer to finish at 1012. Yeah. And you know that 1012 is a pretty dry beer. 1010 is a really dry beer. 1015 is a pretty good dry beer. Okay. And uh, 1025, I fucked up. So it's more, it's just in the language that we it's know. It's the language. Okay. And so I, I wouldn't really worry about it. It depends on the tools you're using. Yeah. So uh, when you're when you're into uh, the attenuation, it has to do with the apparent attenuation because it has alcohol mixed into it. Yeah. And that's why you can't use your refractometer. But when you plug it into ProMash, it reverse engineers it so it'll tell you what, what ah, it is. Okay. Now, I'm really glad this your alcohol question... Content. I'm so genuinely glad this question came up because I just got a refractometer for my birthday. Right. I was Ooh. stoked about it. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris Graham gave me a refractometer. That nice, you wanted a conical, nice dude. I and, wanted, a and it got a refractometer. <laughs> and you know what? I smiled and was happy about that. And I uh, got a refractometer. And I'll tell you what, my first because t- I'm planning on brewing on Tuesday, but right. my first test of it was I figured I would take the final gravity of Daniela's beer that she's going to be kegging on Tuesday, which is fine. None long, of your business. Which is fine as long <laughs> as you put it into ProMash. Okay, but I wouldn't have known that. I would have taken this reading off of there and gone, holy shit, Danielle, you finished at negative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it probably wouldn't have been what we... It actually would have finished high. Okay. So uh, it's not something you want... But if you put it into ProMash and there's spots, you can do that? It'll calculate for yeah, that. And I know the spot. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've done some work on ProMash since our last conversation, Doc. And, it's a little uh, foggy, isn't it? I'm, uh, I'm getting... It's clearing up. The fog is oh, clearing. Good. I am stoked about my hydrometer. I want to tell you, and then here's why. And Ozzy, you're gonna you're gonna be proud of this. All right, here's why I'm Ooh. stoked about my hydrometer. It's because it's called I've, a refractometer, mate. Ah, uh, thank you, my refractometer. <laughs> all right, there goes all the proudness right out the window. I can't even name the no, thing. No, your right. hydrometer is that long, I, uh, slick. I'm not stoked about thing. my hydrometer because it's four points off, and it gets uh, more off every time I use it. I have to because recalibrate. You keep, you the keep thing. bouncing it on yeah. the bottom of of your cylindrical, and uh, the thing drops. Yeah, it's bam, and it. And it shoves that paper down. All right, my refractometer, though, and here's why I'm stoked, because I've gotten to the point where I, and I don't know why I want to know, but I do. Uh, I want to know uh, what my end runnings are from right. my mash. I want to yeah. know my pre-boil gravity so that I can calculate my, because now that I'm figuring out ProMash, because uh, now I can calculate my post-boil gravity right. and uh, and not have to deal with uh, getting my wort down to temperature so I can get an accurate it's hydrometer. Reading, so much easier. I can put it all on my ATC uh, uh, refractometer. I am stoked about this. Uh, I tell you what, else they're really excellent for is when you're making uh, making up your starters. When you're making up your solution for that, yeah. you can put your your hundred gram. I, I, I sort of go a hundred grams to a, um, a a liter of water, uh-huh. and that brings me close to the range. Get that boiling, and just as it's going along, you get that. Bloody um, cocaine syringe out. Oh yeah, and just t- test it as you're going, and you can stop that dead where you want it. Ah, see, I like that too. Mm. Right. Yeah, they are a great. Every brewer should have one. It, oh, it just what, a lot more control. The main thing I for like sure. it for is I take my runnings into the kettle. Yeah, take a reading. I take a reading of volume, and I know what I got to boil it down to. 
I boil it down. And so I don't really look at my boil time as much. Yeah. And uh, that will get me my finishing or my starting gravity spot on. And I love it. That's what I want. Yeah. And now, so is this your, is this your main gravity tool? Now is a uh, oh sure a, a refractometer. Right. It is. It is. I I, I pull a uh, reading off of when I first get it into the kettle. Yeah. And I take a, a volume reading because I've, I've graduated my kettle my kettle, so yeah. I know how many gallons are in there, and I know how many gallons I boil off in an hour. Okay. So I peg it in there. It's twenty four point eight gallons, so twenty four point five at you know ten sixty. Two. Yeah, and I'm tr- doing a 1070 beer. Okay, I know how many gallons are going to pull off of there, uh, and I boil. It, I know how many hours it's going to take, and it boils down to 1070, and I stop it right there. Gotcha. She so can and, just nail every um, number. Yeah. It's really important to nail your starting gravity. Yeah, not be willy nilly about up or down. Oh, I kind of hit it. I kind of didn't. Yeah, and you can hit it every time okay. with, with a refractometer it's and knowing easy. your system. Yeah, and yeah. you can do it every time yeah. with a refractometer yeah. because you don't have to. You know, I don't want to take you know a ten ounce sample and cool it down and then put it in my hydrometer. And, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, I think that you can do it with your hydrometer because I've done it. You can, but. It's it, a bigger pain in the ass. It gets to be a pain in the ass to the point where you don't even want to do it. And it leaves more margin for error because you have to make more calculations with your hydrometer. You can cool it down to 60 and yeah. be right there. But, yeah. you know, if you cool it down to 70 and you're thinking, I'm boiling already, I better take this reading now. Yeah. So it, it you yeah. stop doing it. You really so, do. I'm stoked. I'm going to tell you guys about it next week, and I probably will have fucked the whole thing up and not figured out how to use it, but that'll make for good radio anyway. And uh, I'm stoked about my uh, refractometer. So you're doing a refractometer, yeah. a new system, what a new recipe. Uh, oh, what's the fuck up? Wait, hang on. Uh, I'm now, I'm getting to know my system. I'm going to do uh, something that I know how to do, so I, it'll be okay. It'll be a new recipe and a refractometer. So a couple of changes, plenty for me to talk about on the next show, right? Did you take that advice, Jay, and, and brew the same recipe three, four, five times to uh, to work out your system? No. Well, yes and no. Uh. <laughs> yes and no. What I'm thinking he should do is uh, take his birthday gift yeah. and brew that recipe. Mm. Exactly, yeah. On my, on my system with me. Next to me. No, which I will do, but I can't do it on Tuesday, and I want to brew no, it on no, Tuesday. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when you... When we're brewing on my system, yeah, your recipe. Okay, we should probably do that beer. Okay, and uh, we do that. We'll see what happens. I actually, when somebody's may, actually in control. I actually might repeat the recipe. Here's what I got. I want. I'm still on the pale ale kick because I, I I keep screwing it up. Uh, I love EJ Fair's pale ale, and that's the one I brewed last time. Is their exact recipe that I that I screwed up. I might do a combination between Jamil's pale ale. And EJ Fair's Pale Ale. So I'm probably going to change it. Just because I, I, you know what, I get bored. Uh, Is the malt, malt bill on that, are the malt bills similar? I'll that's tell you what, I'll tell you what, they are similar. The only thing that's yeah. really different is that I like that uh, EJ puts Vienna malt in their Pale Ale. I really yeah. like that it's hopped like an American Pale Ale, but it's kind of malted like an English Pale Ale. I like that deal. So I want to add Vienna malt to it. But uh, they both use some crystal malts and things like that, so it's. I think the the uh, the big difference is is the Vienna malt and, and and some proportions of crystal things like that. 
So, so now that you've got that re- refractometer, yeah. from from when you start the boil yeah. to to getting it in the fermenter, it it really doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing now is really not going to change. But if you what you need to to get right to start with is your mash. Yeah. You, you've done extract. You know how to brew, uh, boil. You know how to chill. You know how to put the hops in. What you want to do now is yeah. is get the mash down pat. And Agreed. You, you can you can use the one grain bill and, and change it. You can make a pale ale. You can make an IPA. You can do do your mash and then add some um, malt extract in there to make it an IPA and just add the extra hops in there. True that. Mm. I'm ready for that. Yeah. Need to know that Good. system. It's going to go okay. It, I'm not going to come back with you to you guys with another disastrous uh, Crosley beer show. Not on my system. No. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Not oh, you know, we're wearing white coats and crap, you know. <laughs> and masks? Oh, yeah. And, yeah sweet. and gloves. And, getting and we'll have a safety word. And getting drunk off the five beers he has on tap, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, you know, that's just the ones easy on tap. I can pull the Cobra tap off for a couple more. Sweet. If you only got five tap stock. Yep. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> oh, I, I I can pull a cobra tap and pull a couple more. So yeah. uh, only has five on tap. He's got a lot. In, he's got a lot of storing. Justin was over at my house last night. He goes, eh, you know, I'm really not thinking about drinking. You know, and then we had like five pints. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. All right, Ozzy, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks, brother. All right, mate. Cheers. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. All right, uh, how about a one last question for you, Doc? Then we are out of here. Sure. For cold conditioning a lager, okay. is it okay to do the extended conditioning in the secondary, or is it best to rack off into a keg and then condition? I like to put it in the keg and the condition after that. The less yeast I've got on there, the better. Um, there's enough in there to condition it. A lot of the conditioning is... Well, some of the conditioning is from the yeast. The yeast is still working, doing some things. And the other thing is the the flavors melding together. Okay. So I like to go primary. I have a conical, so I'll do conical to one keg. Yeah. Then I'll go to another keg. Oh, you will? Yeah. Okay. So I have, a, I have bright tank kegs where I've painted the like, yellow stripe on them yeah. with a, a short dip tube. So I know that that I'll crash those, and when I pull those into another keg, uh, I get a lot of the yeast off of there. And the first one is where I put my my fining agents into. Okay. And uh, then I will I will actually cold condition before I uh, carbonate. Okay. So it just well. It's cleaner. So wanting to get it off that yeast in the first place, the second part of this person's question was, is then autolysis a concern? And not, is that why no, you... No, that's not, why I do it. I try to get as much off of there as I can. Because uh, it is a concern. Okay. And you don't get a lot of autolysis when it's at 34 degrees. Okay. You just don't. But you got to think, what is your end result? Why are you doing something? Okay. And you're doing a lager. What's, why do you even do in a lager? Well, you want that clean taste. You want that clean, smooth thing. Yeah. And the cleaner, the better. And everything you can do to do it is what you want. So cold and long temperatures, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And uh, the less yeast, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. All right. Well, as we wrap things up, a special treat's coming through the phone lines right now. What? John Plisse is just calling. Nice. Me. Yeah, Brewcaster John. What's happening, Johnny brother? Johnny P. Just calling to say hi. Yeah, what are you up to? Um, just got home from picking uh, about 800 pounds of fruit. Really? 
Yeah. Oh, what? Wine season, baby. Cabernet. Ah, is that for uh, Plissé's wine? Plissé wine, yes. No kidding. Yes. Where'd you go go pick fruit? uh, We went to Oakley. Yeah. Well, 9 o'clock this morning. Picked and crushed. Are you bleeding? I'm fucking dirty, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Nice work. uh, just got done around 7 o'clock, got the yeast going, and sulfided, and got the acids right, and Doc um, likes that when he gets the acid right. Oh, yeah. Um, of course you. Wait, now, dial in the acid. Are you telling me that you picked tonight and you're you're making the wine tonight? Yeah, it's all fermenting right now. It all has to happen in one day? One day, my friend, one day. Really? It's like, so I it's like pitching, called in. pitching one. I didn't know that you had to pick it and, and do it all on the same day. I thought you could pick it and hang out a bit and do it tomorrow or something. No. Really? Pick and go time, man. Wow. Yeah. So that's a that's a busy day, man. Oh, yeah. John makes good wine. Have you had his wine, Doc? John, well, if, I had, if I had your wine, I don't remember. I should I should rephrase the question. Have you had his good wine? Because of course he yeah, he went through a growing. Luck. You did right because everyone goes through a growing period. Uh, yeah. I would say. Would you say, John, that your last couple of batches were your only? You know, were your good wines? The last two years, the first three years were failures. Okay. Yeah, when all went bad, turned to vinegar, oxidized, and this was all shit. Uh, you gave uh, Daniela and I a little bottle of it last year, and, and what yeah. you had given us was a mix between your Cab and your Merlot, and I'm, it was fantastic. Yeah, that was pretty good. Was Tell Daniela I've got more for her. Ooh, thank you, John. I'm happy to hear that. All right. Yeah, it was wine. Yeah, that's a, that's a good deal. Yeah. And uh, so you're, you're making a bunch this year, too, huh? Yeah, probably like... 250 bottles. Are your feet purple? Wow. No. <laughs> my my skin is purple, though, on my hands. Really? Yeah. You didn't do the foot stomp? Fuck no. <laughs> you did the press? <laughs> I did the I did the old uh, turn on the uh, motor and watch it crush. You sissy. True that. Hey, you know what but I heard I, about grapes in Oakley? Just, uh, sorry to cut you off, I just, uh, that, uh, the grapes in Oakley are some of the best uh, Zinfandel grapes because yeah, right and and that they're old vines that old uh, that a lot of vines shouldn't be too old but Zinfandel vines it's okay if they're over you know 10 15 years old you want old vines and we're not your... talking white Zinfandel no, no 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 we're not talking the yeah thank you yeah. doc we're not we're talking real Zinfandel <laughs> which looks like a merlot it looks like a merlot it tastes peppery yeah it's nice it's yeah. one of the only wines that you want it's okay to have what they call old and even right. ancient vines uh, in that sense, and that Oakley is one of the best places for it. And the reason, this this I thought was great too, you don't want old vines in Napa because the yeah. property value is too high. Don't keep around old vines when you can grow young vines and make more money off of them. Whereas in Oakley, the property value is not so high, yeah. so it's not as if you're wasting land by keeping vines around longer than their their due date. Well, they change vines uh, to do with demand. Yeah. So if uh, Chardonnay's the hot thing, yeah, or if Cabernet's the hot thing, right? So it depends on acreage. And by the way, I got all of this in five minutes with some douchebag at a winery. That's what. I, this wow. is all the information I took away, John. You know much like pro, more than man. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know more than I, this is all I took from this guy who was serving. I was tasting, and he was talking. <laughs> a lot of the old vine, old old vines in from Lodi and from Oakley yeah. are were all like planted in the twenties and thirties. Wow. 
Yeah. So they're all over 60 years old. Right. And you couldn't, yeah. if you did that in Napa, the, just the word is you'd be wasting valuable property. So that's right. why they go ahead and keep it well, out there. Zinfandel's not a big moneymaker in most yeah. wine circles. Although I'm going to say. I love Zinfandel. It's, a good Zinfandel it's, it's is fantastic. It's peppery. It's yeah. nice. It's great with uh, yeah. Italian food. Yeah. yeah. So, Jay? Yes, sir. I, I called to say happy belated birthday or. Happy birthday. Ah, thanks, man. It's actually, you're good. It's not belated. You missed the party, which I was bummed about, and, uh, I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let it, let it die. Now, ever. (laughs) Don't go chasing waterfalls. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's Tuesday, so it's not belated. You're okay. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that, man. Might as well let the world know. Hey, John, we got a lot of beer over here. Yeah. I got five, five kegs. John, I, I've got my Pilsner and my uh, half on tap over. You need to come over here. Yeah, maybe you want to sneak over for a quick pint before yeah. you uh, can you do that? And go to bed. Might, yeah. Come over, come Johnny. On. Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Come uh, in. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I've got a Dunkel yeah. from Firestone, and then i got the Saison. Oh. And I've got a Hellas nice. and an Oktoberfest on tap. you got a nice selection, See, too. Maybe we ought to go over there. Uh, I, now that you mentioned Firestone, I want to talk about this. Uh, am I allowed to do this, John? Yes, you may. All right, sweet. Uh, this is a good deal. <laughs> uh, so we're, uh, we're all going to GABF here, taking a little road trip out there. Uh, John's going to, he's, he's doing the fly thing. We're going to meet him there. But check this out. This is a really cool thing. The GABF started this new category. this I think they just started it this year. And uh, the deal is it, a professional brewer is allowed to take an amateur brewer's recipe if it's won an award. It has to be an award-winning recipe. And right. brew it. And enter it in this pro-am category at the GABF. So right. it's a professional who's taken an amateur recipe that's won an award, and they put it in, and uh, whatever brewers decided to go ahead and do this, uh, that will be their own category. And Matt Brynaldson, who uh, just, by the way, is one of the most award-winning brewers of the last five years and is a fantastic brewer. The guy's amazing. Uh, brewers great beer. His brewery's getting lots of, of recognition off of his beers. Chose John Plissé's beer. Which that, one? It won at NC, which, which beer was it? It was a Dark American Lager. There you go. You know, John... I hope it blows everybody out of the water. Absolutely. And and the beer kicked ass at NHC, and Matt tasted it, and he said, John, why don't you come down with me? So not only did, did this guy take the recipe, he said, John, why don't you come down and brew this beer with me? Yeah, pretty and much. How cool is that, John? I did 50 barrels. Really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that says something. That's really great. John, how did it turn out? Oh, it's awesome, Doc. Is it? Oh. I'm, I'm, you know, gonna you're, bring, I'm bringing some to... Uh, uh, NCHF. Oh, cool! Can you? It's gonna blow everybody away. Yeah, I yeah. bet. And if it does, you you better call me right from GABF and let me know how yeah. it went. Yeah. Well, there's there's about forty people serving beer there. Yeah. That, that are entering this competition. Okay. And I was I called Matt. I said, Matt, you know, I, I'm, you know, we're we're all kind of poor in the brewing network. Sure. And I was like, I don't know if I can really afford this. And he's like, Let me put it this way, you know, you're gonna be serving beer for forty thousand people. Yeah. Your beer. Right. Why would you not go to the biggest beer event in the country? Yeah. And I was like, okay, yes, sir. <laughs> to serve, and he makes a good point, John. you got to put it in perspective like that. Yeah, I know, I know. That is great. You are going to be serving your beer, John, to 40,000 yeah. people in Denver. Yeah. Congratulations, well, what, man. Fire, Firestone Crew, yeah. their brewery is the most sanitary brewery I've ever seen. Really? Their practices are amazing. And their efficiency and how meticulous they are, it's 
blew me away. Wow. So, and I encourage everyone to get two mash tuns. Really? One one for mashing and one for laudering. That way you could double batch and save two hours of time. Wow. That sounds like a whole other discussion right there. That's I think yeah. it does, yeah. Wow. You do a lauder show. Okay. Hey, right. I congrats, man. That's a that's a cool thing. I think that's really awesome. So uh I appreciate it. I'll tell you what, uh, we're gonna be doing some film on the way. I don't know if it's gonna materialize into a full film, it depends on how things go. But uh we will film John winning, assuming that that's what happens. Knock on wood, everybody. Uh assuming that that's what happens, uh we'll we'll get all uh We'll get little John walking up there all shy, like, oh, this is my beer. Eh, you know how John does it. He'll be flashing gangs. Either way, I, I get more beer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And share some of that with us, man, will you? Very oh, cool. Sure. Congrats, John. Yeah, good thanks, work. Guys. Hey, John, thanks for the call, too. It's good to have you thanks. on the show. Oh, yeah, buddy. All right, brother. Talk to you later. We'll see you. John, please say, that's a nice surprise visit for the end of the show, huh, kids? Well, especially with the Firestone Walker connection. Yeah. That's true. That's uh, really, really... I I really want to know what that's going to turn out. Yeah. I bet you that's what the, the Doppelbach is he has on tap there that he's talking about. That is how somebody already it, has some. Smoking. Yeah. All right, kids. Uh, we're getting out of here, huh? Good show, Doc. Uh, yeah, even, it worked out well. Even with the... Uh, the disc, we uh, pulled it together. You did a great job answering fermentation questions, so thank, thank you. you for that. Uh, Daniela did a, a fantastic job in the, in the forum, right? <laughs> Chat room? Why are you looking at me like I'm supposed to? Chat room. She just gives me this look, and I'm like, I better compliment Daniela now. <laughs> I can't figure out what that is. You've been a bad boy all show, Is that what that look was? <laughs> I, I better say something nice. <laughs> so we talk about Denver next week, then. Ah, that's well, why That's what she wanted to do. She wanted to talk about... The G-A-B-S. Well, I can turn off the uh, outro music. You can talk about that. No, I've just received a lot of questions. Where are we going to be? When are we going to be? What are we going to do? Oh, what? Where like they're not going to recognize you. Yeah. Well, no, how would Come they? Mm, the rack. No, here's the thing. <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> Get out of my house now. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I got the first one, yeah. Uh, Daniela. Uh, here's you're nationally head. known. They will recognize you way before him. Yeah, mm-hmm. beer. Yes. That's true. This is a great beer. I'm drinking Crazy Jack's beer right now. It's nice. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's what we'll do. All we want to talk about with the GABF is that we are driving out there and stopping in a few places on our way. We're going to be in Reno and see next the Monday. They'll stop and see the biggest ball of time. So twine. Monday we can... A week from tomorrow we'll be in Reno. Tuesday. On Tuesday night we'll be in Salt Lake City. Wednesday. On Wednesday night we'll be in Moab, Utah. Oh yeah. my gosh, really? I'm uh, sorry. I take that back. I take it back. Take it back. Moab. And when's we're going to be in Denver already, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, it's Monday... Tuesday. At 11 in, so, uh, in Reno. 11 a.m.? Okay. 11 a.m. in Reno. Ooh, we got to get up early. Monday night, we'll be in Salt Lake City. Tuesday morning, we're filming in Salt Lake City. Tuesday night, we're in Moab, Utah. Wednesday day, we're traveling across Colorado, getting into Denver by Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, because we got to go to the brewers I wanted thing to go there. to Wyoming. So what we want is if there's any brewers out there, any of you home brewers who listen to the show, if you're in Reno uh, at 11 a.m. on Monday, between 11 and 12, or if you're in Salt Lake City on Monday night, uh, any any Salt Lake City listeners Monday night? 
Send me an email, justin at thebrewingnetwork.com, because we're going to hit a couple brew pubs that night. They're not Mormons. And then we're going to uh, Uinta Brewing Company on uh, Tuesday morning. We're going to film there. If anybody's in Moab, which is the middle of nowhere, but a great place to be. uh, Lots of good. uh, M-O-A-B, Moab, Utah. Uh, Good sightseeing. We're going to Arches and things like that to do a little hiking and checking things out. Hiking. Anybody happens to be there, you can... Yeah, that too. uh, Check us out there on, uh, uh, it'll be Tuesday night. And then we're in Denver by Wednesday night. It's looking like we're going to set up our listener party for Thursday afternoon. So if you're going to be at the GABF in Denver, we want you to chime in on that too. So either send me an email, justin at thebrewingnetwork.com, or there's a thread going in the beer events uh, thread on our forum. And we we really want to meet up with listeners and, and find out what's happening and, and shake your hands and thank you for tuning in and have some pints together. Absolutely. So that's all, that's what we wanted to talk about with the GABF because we are going and we want to meet up with you guys. So go to the forum, beer events, uh, talk to us about when you're going to be at the GABF. We're going to set up this party, a listener party. Otherwise, if you're along that route we just talked about, send me an email and we'll figure out if we can meet up there too. All right? Okay. Yeah. With the friend of mine. Now I can start the outro music, Danielle. It's okay? Well done. Whatever. <laughs> night, night. Can't even count how many shows have ended with uh, with that. I know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Are you satisfied with that? Homebrew. Whatever. Homebrew. We're going to go talk strippers and debutantes, huh, Doc? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Please tune in next week with your wives and significant others for the Queen of Beers show with yeah. Beth Zangari. And that's not to say that it's only for women, but uh, we want to bring people into this thing. So uh, ask them to come on out and, and tune in and check out the show. It's going to be a good show talking about the Queen Swing. of Beers and women in brewing with Beth Zangari. That's next Sunday, and I can almost guarantee you that Beth isn't going to flake on us. I've, she has been in contact with me, and she's just as excited about the show as Cool. Me. So... Uh, We'll be one for three this month, Doc. I think we need to test her palate. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to do that. A little blind tasting, let yep. her do some judging. Yep. Maybe that listener tasting I had on the list for today, we'll let her do that'd next be, week. That'd be smoking. Okay. Good work, Doc. Hey, glad to be here. I'll see you all next week. Thanks, everybody. Homebrew, don't you really love that homebrew? Can't get enough of it. Homebrew, it blows my mind. I love homebrew all of the time. Yeah, I think I'll have it. Well, I'll have it one right now.
doubt, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But don't you give me that American crude, boy, the one that really home Don't you be the love of that home crew Can't get enough of it Home crew blows my mind 